This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Oh, yeah. It's that time. The night we've all been waiting for. January 6th. Select committee hearings. Got the Washington Post live. Up on the screen here. We're coming on just a little bit early. Just a little bit early. The hearings set to start 8 o'clock Eastern Time. So I wanted to come on and say a few things before we got started. The first, first thing I'm going to say is I'm not high enough for this shit. <laughs> you know, you you all knew that though. You all knew that. I will, I will tell you that I want to give you a January 6th related meme. So actually, I went back in time in my in my downloads folder to around January 6th, judging by the pictures I have saved. Found a meme from then. Tried to warn you about Man Bear Pig. I tried to tell you I was super serial. Also found this screenshot of one of Trump's lawyers during the... <laughs> During the impeachment trial. <laughs> uh, but once again here tonight, I this, had this picture of a young lady dancing on TikTok like Trump at his rallies. <laughs> Just the shit in my downloads folder from, from years ago. We don't mind if I do. I'm not high enough for this shit. I can tell you that. RB, I've been rushing to get as much work done as I could today. And clean my house before all this shit got started. I was pretty successful, actually, but I've not had a chance to get stupid high. I do want to point out, I got a comment on YouTube. You guys remember last night when we watched the Christian rap video by Bigoted Rapper? Bryson Gray. Bryson decided to stop by my YouTube. Well, I mean, I sent him the video. Under the video where he is yelling, talking about like a dude's possessed by a demon and shit. Don't possess my demon! Christ, go get you! Whatever the fuck he was yelling at the guy. He told me that I seemed upset and to relax. Bro, bro. Bro, you are upset that gay people exist. It has no bearing on your life other than the fact that I think you are in the closet and that you have a case of what we call repression and you need to suck a dick. I think you would be able to relax if uh, you were to do that. You would be a lot happier. You could be celebrating Pride Month with us. So, January 6th committee hearings getting ready to get started. I am taking the Washington Post coverage. They are set to begin in about seven minutes. So, let's go ahead. 
These ladies look like they, they know the lowdown of what's going on. For the Republican gubernatorial primary in Michigan that's going to be held in August. But he was arrested this morning on four misdemeanors. Oh, yeah. I really wanted to talk about that. There's all kinds of all kinds of news is broke that I wish I was talking about tonight, but we're doing the January 6th hearing. He didn't even go into the building, but the charging documents that we looked at this morning alleges that there is video identification of him inside of the Capitol building waving on a mob up one of the main staircases that was initially breached. And so his house was searched by the FBI this morning. This is a very serious case. His uh, attorney told the Washington Post just a couple hours ago that Kelly currently has every intention of, of continuing his campaign in earnest. Libby? Thanks so much, Mary Beth Albright. Uh, James Homan, we're getting images here of this ever-growing uh, crowd in the Cannon uh, House office building. I just caught a glimpse of Rhonda on the camera there, sitting at a table with other reporters as they prepare to cover tonight. Uh, you know, as Mary Beth is talking about the criminal charges, uh, how important is it that the committee reference that the candidate for governor in Michigan right that it doesn't end with those individuals and part of the yeah and, and one of them that apparently didn't get disqualified the charges that will face you know the the foot soldiers of this insurrection uh but this committee uh there's a different standard uh, of you know public opinion and of uh, the politics uh what's crazy is the guy that she was just talking about fucking brian wilson is going to be here democratic strategist in michigan a few minutes before i've been getting ads for brian wilson is actually going to help him in the crowded republican primary you know doug mastriano the republican nominee for governor in pennsylvania uh used campaign funds from his state senate race to bus people down to the capitol and walked from the ellipse to right outside the Capitol. He's cooperating. Use campaign funds to buzz people to so the insurrection. This committee. And he is the GOP nominee for governor in Pennsylvania. The people fucked the up. More about as Phil Bump was saying a little bit ago. Uh, the people who were conspiring behind. Welcome the- everybody just joining us. We came on just a little bit early. If that is in fact what happened, is the January sixth select committee hearing getting ready to begin here in about four minutes? Cover this hearing, Ashley. The big question, of course, on many people's minds is the responsibility of former President Trump and the people around him. What will you be listening for as the committee tries to build its case? Well, I'll be looking for sort of all of the details that, frankly, we and our reporting, which which I should say felt uh, quite rigorous, but were unable to fill in. As you know, the Washington Post did this huge uh, multi. Uh, that looked like Officer Fanone, um, known as the attack, where we walking through the crowd before, during, and in a very snazzy jacket, looked like a suede jacket, possibly. Kind of scoops. And- a ton of reporting but we also when we put this in the project we had some pools i'm not saying he's a sexy guy but like answers because we were mere reporters and we didn't have subpoena power um and we didn't have the ability to get some of those documents and some of those text messages and some of the testimony that this committee uh can get so you know for me um for as much as we found out there was still uh some sort of just Schiff and Sawell have both said we will hear bombshells. I would assume they're going to come out swinging tonight. So look, look for him to come out hot. I would, I would assume. He initially was sort of enjoying it and kind of felt bullied by how, how fervent he viewed his supporters. We know people were racing in and out of the Oval and calling 
close to him and trying to get him to put out a video or put out a statement or put out a tweet. Um, but we Stop don't being a perv, Orby. Word he uttered. Um, and so I'm very curious to see. You if live in sexual anarchy. There's also the question, Ashley, of <laughs> democracy going forward, right? And part of the project that you... I'm not hot, not hot enough at all for this enough. shit. Um, what does the committee hope to achieve here? And what is the exploration they need to do about what happens next? Uh, how election integrity is preserved in the future? Well, this is interesting because this is one of the sort of internal, and we've heard it's been very respectful and collegial, um, but debates within the committee of sort of how far they should go uh, in trying to make in their final report um, recommendations mm. uh, about, you know, what they think needs to happen to kind of protect Ooh. democracy. Uh, and there's some disagreement um, in part between uh, Liz Cheney on the committee and, and some of the Democrats over that. I would assume we're going to get started so, right actually, at the top of the hour. They know they have the spotlight on them. And what President Trump was doing to try to... There's only going to be six uh, of these, apparently. American people. How are you going to be listening? And I would assume they know if they don't make a big splash tonight, ain't nobody going to pay attention to the other five. About this, we're trying to understand it. It very much felt in the run-up. That's why I'm assuming they're going to come out hot. It was a train um and there were kind of two tracks and there's this moment where it diverges and it goes to this track where former president trump is you know pitching the the big lie the false and absolutely baseless claim that the election was somehow stolen or rigged and and from that flows this idea that if this election was stolen then trump and his allies need to take steps uh to, to rightfully reclaim the election for himself. And you had, as it was described to us, a, a couple of dates, key dates on the calendar um, where they thought they could uh, make a difference, in, including, you know, when the electors gathered. And of course, at, at each step, um, it kept on getting deferred. And Trump and his allies would say, well, we, we didn't... But don't forget the, the young lady so, you know, we're that debated Vosh the, the other day. Didn't succeed when all the news organizations... But, well, the, the voters will punish them if they start acting anti-democratic. So now we're kicking it to December 14th. And the last and final... What the fuck? What the fuck? Um, where, of course, we know what happened. And they so started acting anti-democratic long before you were born, young lady. kind of got out of control and they went started on. acting anti-democratic long before I was born. Thank you so much. James Homan, we are looking at this packed hearing room where everything will begin in just a few moments. We've seen quite a few of the officers there uh, who were... Defending the Capitol that day. I mean, you could draw a line from Nixon saying it's not illegal when the president does it. Officer Fanon. Um, Officer Dunn. Up through the Iran-Contra hearings. Correction on it, James. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is amazing. You know, the Democrats. Straight through to the election of George W. Bush, their packing of the courts. And the the decision, the court decision that allowed... George W. Bush to assume the presidency when he didn't actually win election. Such compelling witnesses uh, because they underscore that this was not some kind of victim. Warlord, welcome. I'm sure you were excited for the January 6th committee hearing. Yeah, men and women, Americans.
let's review in case people are just. I mean, I was using the word bombshell. Edwards, a capital I, like, I would assume they're going to lob some bombs at us, some shit that will, like, is going to catch our attention. On the Capitol, we'll also hear from Nick Kusted, who's a filmmaker. As I said, uh, Sawwell, James, what will be and and uh, Schiff really have both promised revelations. Not just a bunch of that will be shocking, shocking. They said caught up in in a mob, but that there was planning and coordination that there was a meeting which hunt my we watched it and that's uh, another thing is just just a few weeks ago we watched we watched the january 6th insurrection happen in real time now they are that is benny thompson the chair of the committee you see it front hearings this month uh they could add on more uh but we expect them to lay out for us tonight. So here we go. The plan, how the hearings will drill down and focus on various elements of this. You see there the chair, Benny Thompson, also the vice chair, Liz Cheney. I'm, I'm probably going to lay out of this more than I usually lay out of stuff. Other members, seven members of the committee, two Republicans, seven Democrats. I never think that I'm quoting somebody verbatim because goddamn i don't know shit these prime time hearings as well as they may have said bombshell i don't think they said bombshell they promised revelations they promised something shocking the select committee to investigate the january 6th attack on the united states capitol will be in order Without objection, the chair is authorized to declare the committee in recess at any point. Pursuant to House Deposition Authority Regulation 10, the chair announces the committee's approval. He comes out. The deposition material. The first thing he says is like, I can recess whenever the fuck I want to. Thanks to everyone watching tonight for sharing part of your evening. To learn the facts. That's, that's some power right now. I can call us into recess whenever the fuck I want to. The violent attack. Got me. January 6, 2021. Our democracy, electoral system, and country. I'm Benny Thompson, chairman of the January 6, 2021 committee. I was born, raised, and still live. They are going to bore us to death. Oh, my God. The Democrats are horrible at this. Between Jackson and Vicksburg, Mississippi, and the Mississippi River. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6, 2021. Over the next few weeks, hopefully you will get to know the other members, my colleagues up here, and me. We represent a... Yeah, I can't believe Producer Dave and, and uh, Media Winch and cities went up against me, invited me on... <laughs> Like, well, I was going to do the troll patrol. We swore the same oath. That same oath that all members of Congress take up on taking office and afterwards every two years if they are reelected. We swore an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign, 
and domestic. The words of the current oath taken by all of us that nearly every United States government employee takes have their roots in the Civil War. Throughout our history, the United States has fought against foreign enemies to preserve our democracy, electoral system, and country. When the United States Capitol was stormed and burned in 1814, foreign enemies were responsible. After war, in 1862, when American citizens had taken up arms against this country, Congress adopted a new oath to help make sure no person who had supported the... Well, that's the thing, Arby, is they don't need crazy propaganda. They don't have over... But, like, Therefore, all they had to do is tell the facts, but, like... And United States federal government employees were required for the first... Like, this monotone motherfucker is a, isn't a good storyteller. ...the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah, we want the deets. We that came for the deets. Spill the tea. January 6, 2021. The police officers who held the line that day honored their oath. Many came out of that day. We don't, we don't need another summation of what's going on. I did a summation. The Washington Post did a summation. They did. They are due. come out and start throwing bombs. And ended the uh, they did not hold the, the line. They let fucking they people in. The Constitution against domestic enemies so that Congress could return, uphold our own oath, and count your vote. Box, they, they arrested uh, a gubernatorial candidate in Michigan for his role in the Capitol riot. Unlike in 1814, it was domestic. Happened this morning. Of the Constitution who stormed the Capitol and occupied the Capitol, who sought to thwart the You've got the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers charged. And so they did. So at the encouragement of the President of the United States... Speaking of Trump being a witness, uh, he and his family will have to testify in just a few days. A precedent that had stood for 220 years, even as our democracy had faced its most difficult tests. Thinking back again to the Civil War in the summer of 1864, the President of the United States believed he, we would be doomed to bid his bid for re-election. He believed his opponent, General George McClellan, would wave the white flag when it came to preserving the Union. But even with that grim fate hanging in the balance, President Lincoln was ready to accept the will of the voters, come what may. He made a quiet pledge. He wrote down the words, This morning, as for some days past, it seems exceedingly probable that this administration will not be reelected. Then it will be my duty to so cooperate with the president-elect. It will be my duty. Lincoln sealed that memo and asked his cabinet secretary... Democrats are so fucking boring. He asked them to make the same commitment he did, to accept defeat, if indeed defeat was the will of the people, to uphold the rule of law, to do what every president who came before him did, and what every president who followed him would do. 
until Donald Trump. You have heard about the theater kid? Lost the presidential election. <laughs> this is this is not what this should American be. People voted him out of office. It was and not also, can we elect better Democrats that can actually it was speak? Not because of voter fraud. Don't believe me? Hear what his this is pre-ramble had to say about it. I warn those who watching that this contains strong language. Yes, this is what we want. This is, this is what we, we came for. No, what I, I've, been, I've had, I had three discussions with the president that I can recall. One was on November 23rd, one was on December 1st, and one was on December 14th. And I've been through sort of the give and take of those discussions. And in that context, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bullshit. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it, and that's one of the reasons. It is bullshit. Deciding to leave when I did. I observed, uh, I think it was on December 1st, that, you know, how can we, you can't live in a world where, where the incumbent administration stays in power based on its view, unsupported by specific evidence, that the election, that there was fraud in the election. Bill Barr on election day 2020, he was Bill the Barr is disgusting. The United States, the top law enforcement official in the country. Telling the not very good at enforcing the law. Claims of a stolen election. And even he, even he was like, I ain't got, I have no part of this. the results. He was within his rights to seek those judgment. In the United States, law-abiding citizens have those tools for pursuing justice. He lost in the courts, just as he did at the ballot box. And in this country, that's the end of the line. But for Donald Trump, he's a loser. What became a sprawling, multi-step conspiracy aimed at overturning the presidential election, aimed at throwing out the votes of millions of Americans, your votes, your voice in our democracy, and replacing the will of the American people with his will to remain in power after his term ended. Donald Trump was at the center of this conspiracy. And ultimately, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, spurred a mob... I hope, I hope by the time we get to the end of this hearing, they bring out Sheila E. And she does a drum show solo. That would save everything. The jargon you hear about seditious conspiracy, obstruction of an official proceeding... Conspiracy to defraud. There's no Sheila E. drum solo. Down to this. We'll be very disappointed. Was the culmination. I ran somebody off talking about Sheila E. Fuck off. As one rioter put it. I don't want you here anyway. Go. To overthrow the government. The violence was no accident. It represents Senate Trump's last stand. Most desperate chance to halt the transfer of power. Now, you may hear those words and think, this is just another political attack on Donald Trump by people who don't like him. This this production by Washington Post is better than what we were watching on PBS last night. Thank God I went over to the State Department for Sheila E. Similar to what we had after 9-11. We had a very enjoyable evening with a musical number. 
Donald Trump's allies in Congress. That was, that was straight fire. Apparently, I didn't even I didn't even get any kind of copyright on it. Investigated at all? Nobody nobody taking my money from me. I still got my fourteen cents on YouTube. Same people. But I'd gladly give my fourteen cents to uh, Sheila E. But it wouldn't go like it would go to the Beatles or history. Whoever owns that catalog now, the Sony Publishing Company. Legitimate political discourse. Donald Trump and his followers have adopted the words of the songwriter. Do you believe me or your lying eyes? We can't sweep what happened under the rug. The American people deserve answers. So I come before you this evening, not as a Democrat, but as an American who swore an oath to defend the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't protect just Democrats. Mariachi band would add a lot to this. It protects all of us. I mean, that's why you're watching it with me with the funny graphics and the the wacky music under it. So tonight and over the next few weeks, we're going to remind you of the reality of what happened that day. But our work must do much more than just look backwards. Well, so far, I'm not impressed. The clip of Bill Barr was not impressive yet. To thwart the will of the people is not over. There are those in this audience who thirst for power, but have no love or respect for what and makes... honestly, Benny Thompson is not the person that should have been the chair of this committee. Allegiance to the rule of law, a shared journey to build a more perfect union. January 6th and the lies that led to insurrection have put two and a half centuries of constitutional democracy at risk. The world is watching what we do here. If we could bring back like the ghost of uh, what James Avery, Uncle Phil, he would have been the perfect person to be the chairman of this committee. When we are at our best, how can we play that role when our house is in Sorry that a bald bearded black man just reminded me of him. With candor, resolve. My apologies, Benny Thompson. We need to show that we are worthy of James Avery was a hell of an actor though. Of every Far amount. more engaging. That begins here. And it begins now. With a true accounting of what happened and what led to the attack on our constitution and our democracy. You know, they in need Sheila E. singing "Come Together," and they'll get their shit together. Democracy loom large. Nothing could be more important. Working alongside the public servants on this dais has been one of the greatest honors of my time in Congress. And pretty much any one of those other other representatives in this effort. Would have done a better job with an opening statement. From Wyoming. I'm I'm sorry, Benny Thompson. He's a patriot. A public servant of profound courage, of devotion to her oath and the Constitution. It's my pleasure to recognize Ms. Cheney for her opening statement. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. And Ms. Cheney will do a lot better job. ...about the importance of, of bipartisanship and what a tremendous honor it is to work on this committee. That is not an endorsement Chairman, of her politics. At 6.01 p.m. on January 6th, after he spent hours watching a violent mob besiege, attack, and invade our capital, Donald Trump tweeted, but he did not condemn the attack. Instead, he justified it. These are the things and events that happen, he said, 
when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who've been badly and unfairly treated for so long. As you will see in the hearings to come, President Trump believed his supporters at the Capitol, and I quote, were doing what they should be doing. This is what he told his staff as they pleaded with him to call off the mob, to instruct his supporters to leave. Over a series of hearings in the coming weeks, you will hear testimony live and on video. They all did like a school project where they all got like, I'm going to do this part of it, and you're going to do that part of it, and we're going to take turns. We've all got to do our little introduction. Like, it really is like they were like doing a school project together, wasn't it? Calling off the riot or asking his supporters to leave. You will hear that President Trump was yelling and, quote, really angry at advisors who told him he needed to be doing something more. And aware of the rioters' chance to hang... No, RB, but you let the ones that are more apt at at being charismatic on camera take the lead in these these kinds of situations. That's me me as a communications expert. This this would be the advice that I would be giving them if I was in their communications department. His other advisors begged him to do. Immediately instruct his supporters to stand down and evacuate the Capitol. Tonight, you will see never-before-seen footage of the brutal attack on our Capitol. That's what we came for, ma'am. While a few blocks away, President Trump sat watching television in the dining room next to the Oval Office. You will hear audio from the brave police officers battling for their lives and ours, fighting to defend our democracy against a violent mob Donald Trump refused to call off. Tonight and in the weeks to come, you will see evidence of what motivated this violence, including directly exactly, Mox. Those who I'm, I totally in this intro video. You will see video of them explaining what caused them to do it. You will see their posts on social media. We will show you what they have said in federal court. On this point, there is no room for debate. Those who invaded our capital and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them that the election was stolen, and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. You will also hear about plots to commit seditious conspiracy on January 6th, a crime defined in our laws as conspiring to overthrow, put down, or destroy by force the government of the United States. Or to oppose by force. Got two groups charged with cons- uh, seditious conspiracy. members of two groups, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, have been just charged with this crime for their involvement in the events leading up to and on January 6th. Some have pled guilty. The attack on our Capitol was not a spontaneous riot. Intelligence available before January 6th identified plans to, quote, invade the Capitol, occupy the Capitol, and take other steps to halt Congress's count of electoral votes that day. In our hearings to come, we will identify elements of those plans, and we will show specifically how a group of Proud Boys led a mob into the Capitol building on January 6th. Tonight, I am going to describe for you some of what our committee has learned 
and highlight initial findings you will see this month in our hearings. Does some... Did you hear this? All Americans should keep in fact in mind this fact. On the morning of January 6th, President Donald Trump's intention was to remain president of the United States despite the lawful outcome of the 2020 election and in violation of his constitutional obligation to relinquish power. Over multiple know that. Donald Trump oversaw and coordinated a sophisticated... There, there's an alarming part of the country that doesn't believe it, but we all know that. ...prevent the transfer of presidential power. In our hearings, you will see evidence of each element of this plan. In our second hearing, you will see that Donald Trump and his advisors knew that he had, in fact, lost the election. But despite this, President Trump engaged in a massive effort to spread false and fraudulent information to convince huge portions of the U.S. population that fraud had stolen the election from him. This was not true. Jason Miller was a senior Trump campaign spokesman. In this clip, Miller describes a call between the Trump campaign's internal data expert and President Trump a few days after the 2020 election. I was in the Oval Office, um, and at some point in the conversation, Matt Oskowski, who is the lead data person, was brought on. And I remember he delivered to the president pretty blunt terms uh, that he was going to lose. And that was based uh, Mr. Miller on Matt and the data team's assessment of the sort of county by county, state by state results as reported? Correct. Alex Cannon was one of President Trump's campaign lawyers. He previously worked for the Trump Organization. One of his responsibilities was to assess allegations of election fraud in November 2020. Here that is was one not Representative Zoe Lofgren. Discussing what he told as Representative Liz Cheney. You had it right that time. Poor graphics person at the Washington Post. A call with uh, Mr. Meadows, where Mr. Meadows was asking me what I was finding and if I was finding anything. And I remember sharing with him that we weren't finding anything that would be sufficient to um, change the results in any of the key states. When was that conversation? Probably in November, mid to late November. I think it was before my child was born. And what was Mr. Meadows' reaction to that information? I believe the words he used were, so there's well, no... Congratulations there. on your child, dude. There's no there there. <laughs> the Trump campaign's general counsel, Matt Morgan, gave similar testimony. He explained that all of the fraud allegations and the campaign's other election arguments taken together and viewed in the best possible light for President Trump could still not change the outcome of the election. President Trump's Attorney General Bill Barr also told Donald Trump his election claims were wrong. I, I bask in your cynicism, Mox. Repeatedly. Uh, told the president in no uncertain terms uh, that uh, I did not see evidence of fraud uh, and, uh, you know, that would have affected the outcome uh, of the election. 
and frankly, a year and a half. Bill, Bill Barr has a super wide stance. On that. Why? Why is why is his legs that far apart? That his allegations about Dominion voting machines were groundless. Bill Barr is a big dick swinging motherfucker. I saw absolutely zero basis for the allegations, but they were made in such a sensational way that they obviously were influencing a lot of people, uh, members of the public, that there was this systemic corruption in the system and that their votes didn't count and that these machines controlled by somebody else were actually determining it, which was complete nonsense. And it was being laid out there. And I told them that it was... That it was uh, I think something going, something is going on and getting picked up on the mics and, and the... Uh, it was doing a great... The House great chamber, and I didn't... The country. I thought it was in, in, in my living President room. President Trump persisted, repeating the false Dominion allegations in public at least a Where dozen Where the cats were doing times, something. Even after his attorney general told him they were, quote, complete nonsense. And after Barr's resignation on December 23rd, the acting attorney general who replaced him, Jeff Rosen, and the acting deputy, Richard Donahue, told President Trump over and over again that the evidence did not support allegations he was making in public. Many of President Trump's White House staff also recognized that the evidence did not support the claims President Trump was making. This is the president's daughter commenting on Bill Barr's statement that the department found no fraud sufficient to overcome. Even Ivanka. How did that affect your perspective about the election when Attorney General Barr made that statement? It affected my perspective. Um, I respect Attorney General Barr. Um, so I accepted what he sent, was saying. As you will hear on Monday, the president had every She's right stupid, to isn't she? Claims. But he he just repeated back what they the said. Cases in state and federal courts. The president's claims in the election cases were so frivolous and unsupported that the president's lead lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, not only lost the lawsuits, his license to practice law was suspended. Here's what the court said of Mr. Giuliani. Giuliani communicated demonstrably false and misleading statements to courts, lawmakers, and the public at large in his capacity as lawyer for former President Donald J. Trump and the Trump campaign in connection with Trump's failed effort at re-election in 2020. As you will see in great detail in our hearings, President Trump ignored the rulings of our nation's courts. He ignored his own campaign leadership, his White House staff, many Republican state officials. He ignored the Department of Justice and the you Department of Justice. You listen to the MyPillow guy. President Trump invested millions of dollars of campaign funds purposely spreading false information, running ads he knew were false, and convincing millions of Americans that the election was corrupt and that he was the true president. As you will see, this misinformation campaign provoked the violence on January 6th. In our third hearing, you will see that President Trump corruptly planned to replace the Attorney General of the United States so the U.S. Justice Department would spread his false stolen election claims. In the days before January 6th, yeah, that happened too. President Trump told his top Justice Department officials, quote, just say the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. 
senior Justice Department officials, men he had appointed, told him they could not do that because it was not true. So President Trump decided to replace them. He offered Jeff Clark, an environmental lawyer at the Justice Department, the job of acting attorney general. President Trump wanted Mr. Clark to take a number of steps, including sending this letter to Georgia and five other states, saying the U.S. Department of Justice had, quote, identified significant concerns that may have impacted the outcome of the election. This letter is a lie. The Department of Justice had, in fact, repeatedly told President Trump exactly the opposite, that they had investigated his stolen election allegations and found no credible fraud that could impact the outcome of the election. This letter and others like it would have urged multiple states to withdraw their official and lawful electoral votes for Biden. Acting Deputy Attorney General Richard Donahue described Jeff Clark's letter this way, quote, this would be a grave step for the department to take and could have tremendous constitutional, political, and social ramifications for this country. The committee agrees with Mr. Donahue's assessment. Had Clark assumed the role of attorney general in the days before January 6th and issued these letters, the ramifications could indeed have been grave. Mr. Donahue also said this about Clark's plan. And I recall toward the end saying, what you're proposing is nothing less than the United States Justice Department meddling in the outcome of a presidential election. In our hearings, you will hear firsthand how the senior leadership of the Department of Justice threatened to resign. How the White House counsel had a nice little pan there on the on the on the photograph. Jeff Clark in the Oval Office. They were trying to wow you, including Acting Attorney General Jeff Rosen and Acting. It was no Sheila E. Were appointed by President Trump. These men honored their oaths of office. They did their duty, and you will hear from them in our hearings. By contrast, Jeff Clark has invoked his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination and refused to testify. Representative Scott Perry, who was also involved in trying to get Clark appointed as Attorney General, has refused to testify here. As you will see, Representative Perry contacted the White House in the weeks after January 6th to seek a presidential pardon. Multiple other Republican congressmen also sought presidential pardons for their roles in attempting to overturn the 2020 election. In our fourth hearing, we will focus on President Trump's efforts to pressure Vice President Mike Pence to refuse to count electoral votes on January 6th. Vice President Pence has spoken publicly about this. President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. What President Trump demanded that Mike Pence do wasn't just wrong. It was illegal and it was unconstitutional. You will hear this in great detail from the vice president's former general counsel. Witnesses in these hearings will explain how the former vice president and his staff informed President Trump over and over again that what he was pressuring Mike Pence to do was illegal. As you will hear, President Trump engaged in a relentless effort to pressure Pence, both in private and in public. 
You will see the evidence of that pressure from multiple witnesses. Well, we've already seen it. And on video. Vice President Pence demonstrated his loyalty to Donald Trump consistently. We, we don't need this long, drawn-out introduction. Just tell us. Just, the United States Constitution. You should have just jumped into this it. Tell us the story. From the Vice President. An intro video would have would have sufficed. Yes. So I think the Vice President was proud of uh, his four years of service, and he felt like much had been accomplished in those four years. And I think he was proud to have uh, stood beside the president for all that had been done. But I think he ultimately knew that his fidelity to the Constitution was his first and foremost oath. And um, and that's that's what he articulated publicly, and I think that that's what he felt. His fidelity to the Constitution was more important than his fidelity to President Trump and his desire. The oath he took, yeah. Yes. You'll also hear about a lawyer named John Eastman. Mr. Eastman was deeply Oh, John Eastman. You'll hear from former Fourth Circuit federal judge Michael Ludig, a highly respected leading conservative judge. John Eastman clerked for Judge Ludig. Judge Ludig provided counsel to the vice president's team in the days before January 6th. The judge will explain how Eastman, quote, was wrong at every turn. And you will see the email exchanges between Eastman and the vice president's counsel as the violent attack on Congress was underway. Mr. Jacob said this to Mr. Eastman, thanks to your bullshit, we are under siege. You will also see evidence that John Eastman did not actually- He said bullshit. He was taking. In fact, a month before the 2020 election, Eastman took exactly the opposite view on the same legal issues. In the course of the select committee's work to obtain information from Mr. Eastman, we have had occasion to present evidence to a federal judge. The judge evaluated the facts, and he reached the conclusion that President Trump's efforts to pressure Vice President Pence to act illegally by refusing to count electoral votes likely violated two federal criminal statutes. And the judge also said this, if Dr. Eastman and President Trump's plan had worked, it would have permanently ended the peaceful transition of power, undermining nope. American democracy and the Constitution. If the country does not commit to investigating and pursuing accountability for those responsible, the court fears January 6th will repeat itself. Every American. I can't believe it's a Cheney that's saying this, having having come up in Same politics judge, during judge the Bush Carter administration. Another decision and on saw the way the the Bush administration circumvented and other Trump lawyers the Constitution. That their legal I was assuming under under you know Cheney's tutelage and behest anyway to try to quote overturn a democratic election. And you will hear that while Congress was under attack on January sixth. And the hours following the violence, the Trump legal team in the Willard Hotel war room continued to work to halt the count of electoral votes. In our fifth hearing, you will see evidence that President Trump corruptly pressured state legislators and election officials to change election results. You will hear additional details about President Trump's call to Georgia officials urging them to, quote, find 11... I don't know why it doesn't work. I don't know why it doesn't do it on Twitter. did not exist. And his efforts to get states to rescind certified electoral slates without factual basis and contrary to law. You will hear new details about the Trump campaign and other Trump associates' efforts 
to instruct Republican officials in multiple states to create intentionally false electoral slates and transmit those slates to Congress, to the Vice President and the National Archives, falsely certifying that Trump won states he actually lost. In our final two June hearings, you will hear how President Trump summoned a violent mob and directed them illegally to march on the United States Capitol. While the violence was underway, so I don't even. I've, I've sat here and listened to all of this. What are we gonna learn? What are we gonna learn tonight? What's what's tonight's topic? As we present these initial findings, keep two points in mind. First, our investigation is still ongoing. So what we make public here will not be the complete set of information we will ultimately disclose. And second, the Department of Justice is currently working with cooperating witnesses and has disclosed to date only some of the information it has identified from encrypted communications and other sources. On December 18, 2020, a group including General Michael Flynn, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and others visited the White House. They stayed late into the evening. We know that the group discussed a number of dramatic steps, including having the military seize voting machines and potentially rerun elections. You will also hear that President Trump met with that group alone for a period of time before White House lawyers nut jobs. and staff discovered the group was there and rushed to intervene. A little more than an hour after Ms. Powell, Mr. Giuliani, General Flynn, and the others finally left the White House, President Trump sent the tweet on the screen now, telling people to come to Washington. what's up? Be there, he instructed them. Will be wild. As you will see, this was a pivotal moment. This tweet initiated a chain of events. The tweet led to the planning for what occurred on January 6th. I can't believe that there were like people in the White House that were like, oh no, like we can't have him near Sidney Powell. The indictment of a group of proud boys. I just feel like all the same people were already gone. Opposed by force. The if there were ever same people there to begin with. And according to the Department of Justice, on January 6th, 2021, the defendants directed mobilized and led members of the crowd onto the Capitol grounds and into the Capitol, leading to the dismantling of metal barricades, the destruction of property, the breaching of the Capitol building, and the assaults on the door. The door. Although certain former Trump officials have argued that they did not anticipate violence on January 6th. They smeared shit on the walls. As you will see in our hearings, the White House was receiving specific reports in the days leading up to January 6th, including during President Trump's ellipse rally, indicating that elements in the crowd were preparing for violence at the Capitol. And on the evening of January 5th, the president's close advisor, Steve Bannon, said this on his <laughs> All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. Just understand this. All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. As part of our investigation, we will present information about what the White House and other... It's been so boring, Sassy. And why the Capitol... They aren't saying there. anything. Intro night ain't fun. We already know We already know what you're introing. We already know the facts of the case. ...to attack. 
And we will not blame the violence. I that already did. compared it to like this was like they did a school po- project and they broke it up into different. I'm going to do this part. You're going to do this part. And you're going to do this part. Hearing, you will hear a moment by moment account of the hours long attack from more than half a dozen White House staff, both live in the hearing room and via videotape testimony. I want some I want some juicy no details. Trump was well aware of the violence. Uh, probably not this. The White House staff urged President Trump to intervene. They're talking about Hunter Biden. Here's a document written while the attack was underway by a member of the White House staff advising what the president needed to say. Quote, anyone who there are six Capitol of these hearings should leave immediately. This is exactly what I'm is sorry, Mox. There are six of these hearings. I don't know if all of them are prime time. Would not. You will hear that leaders Prime on time. begged the president for help, including Republican leader McCarthy, who was, quote, scared and called multiple members of President Trump's family after he could not persuade the president himself. Not only did President Trump refuse to tell the mob to leave the Capitol, he placed no call to any element of the United States government to instruct that the Capitol be defended. He did not call his Secretary of Defense on January 6th. He did not talk to his Attorney General. He did not talk to the Department of Homeland Security. President Trump gave no order. That makes total to sense to me. That day. And he made no effort to work with the Department of Justice to coordinate and, displo- and deploy law enforcement assets. But Vice President Pence did each of those things. For example, that makes total sense to me. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff testified to this committee. Mike Pence acted like he was the president that day. There were th- uh, two or three calls with Vice President Pence. He was very animated, and he issued very explicit. Uh, I bet he was animated. There were people out there saying, hang Mike Pence. There was no question about that. And, and, he was, and, and, and I can get you the exact quotes, I guess, from some of our records somewhere, but... He was very animated, very direct, very firm uh, and to Secretary Miller. Get the military down here. Get the guard down here. Put down this uh, situation. Uh, well, I would, I would assume like he I thought he was empowered because he's standing there with, you know, with President the President of the Senate and the Speaker of the House, and they're all saying the same thing. He said, um, we, have, we have to kill the narrative that the vice president is making all the decisions. Uh, we need to establish the narrative that um, you know that the president is still in charge and that things are should have been. I immediately interpret that as politics, politics, politics. Uh, red flag for me personally, no action, but I remember it distinctly. And you will hear from witnesses. How the day played out inside the White House, how multiple White House staff resigned in disgust, and how President Trump would not ask his supporters to leave the Capitol. It was only after multiple hours of violence he told him he loved that President him. Trump finally released a video instructing the riotous mob to leave. And as he did so, he said to them, quote, we love you and you're very special. <laughs> you will also hear that in the immediate aftermath of January 6th, Members of the president's family, White House staff, and others tried to step in to stabilize the situation, quote, to land the plane. 
before the presidential transition on January 20th. You will hear about members of the Trump cabinet discussing the possibility of invoking... Honestly, I can't believe he was, he was able to remain president. The United States. I can't believe like the Multiple cabinet didn't oust him. Trump's I guess like everybody quitting was... immediately that, after January made that, Yeah, exactly. That made that One impossible. The cabinet suggested that the remaining cabinet officers needed to take a more active role in running the White House and the administration. But most emblematic of those days is this exchange of texts between Sean Hannity and former President uh, Trump's press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany. Sean Hannity wrote, in part, Key now, no more crazy people, no more stolen election talk. Yes, impeachment and 25th Amendment are real. Many people will quit. Ms. McEnany responded, in part, love that. That's the playbook. The White House staff knew that President Trump was willing to entertain and use conspiracy theories to achieve his ends. They knew the president needed to be cut off from all of those who had encouraged him. They knew that President Donald Trump was too dangerous to be left alone, at least until he left office on January 20th. These are important facts for Congress and the American people to understand fully. And he's the front runner for the steps necessary to GOP nomination. Causes a constitutional crisis. We're at a moment of maximum danger for our republic. Some in the White House took responsible steps to try to prevent January 6th. Others egged the president on. Others who could have acted refused to do so. In this case, the White House counsel is too dangerous to be left alone about potentially lawless activity that he threatened to resign multiple times. That is exceedingly rare and exceedingly serious. It requires immediate attention, especially when the entire team threatens to resign. However, in the Trump White House, it was not exceedingly rare and it was not treated seriously. This is a clip of Jared Kushner addressing multiple threats by White House counsel Pat Cipollone and his team of lawyers to resign in the weeks before January 6th. Jared, uh, are you aware of um, instances where uh, Pat Cipollone threatened to resign? I I kind of, uh, like I said, my interest at that time was on trying to get as many pardons done. Uh, And I know that, you know, he was always him and the team were always saying, oh, we're going to resign. We're not going to be here if this happens, if that happens. So I kind of took it up to just be whining, to be honest with you. Whining. There's a reason why people serving in our government take an oath to the Constitution. As our founding fathers recognized, democracy is fragile. People in positions of public trust are duty-bound to defend it, to step forward when action she, is required. She said duty. In our country, we don't. By the way, it's 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 individual it's or a political party. June 9th, which is six nine. And that oath must mean something. Tonight, I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible: There will come a day when Donald Trump is. They're gone. not only defending it; several of your Republican colleagues participated in it. I ask all of our fellow Americans, as you watch our hearings over the coming weeks, please remember what's at stake. Remember the men and women. I, I am sorry that you were outside the hotel. That's happened to me on numerous law, occasions, Dustin. 
One time, one yeah. time, my my friends and I, we went to a really nice hotel. Like we were, we all work for the same company. If we met somewhere, we can put all our money together and get a really nice hotel. Watched over by. And we had just sparked up in like a a like a like a the living room area or whatever, and the alarm went off, and we thought we set it off, but we didn't. There were SWAT teams. Yeah, Jared was was working on pardons. Yes, he was trying to get as many people pardons as he could. Building. There in the rotunda, these brave men and women rested beneath paintings depicting the earliest scenes of our republic, including one painted in 1824 depicting George Washington resigning his commission. But honestly, Dustin, it's just kind of now starting to get good. Handing control of the Continental Army back to Congress. With this noble act, Washington set the indispensable example of the peaceful transfer of power. What President Reagan called... It, it, it's it's been a little boring. The sacred obligation to defend this peaceful transfer of power has been honored by every American president, except one. As Americans, we all have a duty to ensure that what happened on January 6th Never happens again. She, she said duty. To set aside partisan battles, to stand together, to perpetuate... I'm in sixth grade, I'm sorry. ...our great republic. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. As we provide... Oh, don't give it back to Rep. Thompson, no. ...about January 6th. It's important that we remember exactly what took place. That this was no tourist visit to the Capitol. Most of the footage we are about to play has never been seen. The select ooh, committee. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. Part of our investigation. Auctioning pardons. That's a good way of putting it, Orby. I want to warn everyone that this video includes violence and strong language. Without objection, I include in the record a video presentation of the violence of January 6th. This is probably what they should have opened with. Yeah, just for awareness, be advised, there's probably about 300 uh, Proud Boys. They're marching eastbound in this uh, 400 block of um, kind of independence, actually, on the mall towards the United it's a committee. Me- it's a committee hearing. I am not allowed to say what's going to happen today because everyone's just going to have to watch for themselves. But... It's gonna happen. Oh, we did, ma'am. We did. Who speaks our streets? Who speaks our streets? Who speaks our streets? They are making the okay what supremes this hand signal. Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. And we become president, and you are the happiest people. No, that's that's not how shit works at all. That will be a, a sad day for our country. Because you'll never ever take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. 
Well, I am. I for one am incredibly glad that they are inept. Stepping off here. There's a crowd surge heading east. We love Trump. 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 Luckily for us, people that love Trump are incredibly fucking stupid. For the good of our Constitution and for the good... The Bamboogaloo Boys. I'm going to be very disappointed in you, I will tell you right now. Are there any storms near you, Sassy? I know some people were having storms. I can't remember where I saw it. Over there, more towards the east coast. Madam Speaker, the Vice President, and the United States Senate. No, the cops declared it a riot. Long before they even made it up to the Capitol. Oh, they're throwing cones. One of those could knock you out. So it was one of the Proud Boys that breached the window. We have a breach of the Capitol. Breach of the Capitol to the upper level. Jack, be advised they are requesting additional resources on the east side. I still can't believe that happened. I watched it with my own goddamn eyes. Without objection, the chair declares the house in recess pursuant to clause 12B of rule one. My kids didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country. I love how the tweet was flagged by Twitter. There was a Kekistan flag. Like 
Now, gra- now, granted, like the Republicans always point out, like you couldn't hang anybody from that that gallows because, like, it's like four foot tall, but still. Mike Pence is a little fucking man. And just because, just because they're incompetent. I mean, for the love of God, they were they were chanting "Hang Mike Pence" and they had a gallows. We're we're teetering we're teetering on the verge. Like that's all there is to it. Like, we're we're going wholehearted fascistic. Oh man, the Nightbot. The Nightbot sends people to the wrong t-shirt shop. I just now noticed that. I mean, I still got t-shirts on there. We need a, a it's not like the updated one. They're all walking over now through the tunnels. We're trying to hold the upper deck. We are trying to hold the upper deck now. We need to hold the doors of the Capitol. I saw a butt crack. Pull his buddy back. They're in riot gear. They're getting overtaken by like Joe the plumber here. Looks like he plays Santa Claus at the mall. Like, these motherfuckers are just sore losers. I don't like, I don't know what you mean by enjoy. Like, I find it wild that they smeared shit on the walls of Congress. You know, there's, it's, it's one thing if you're, if you're taking over Congress for the right reasons, right? But to try to subvert democracy, that's, that's not fun. Oath Keepers stack one. Oh my, and they are decked out in military gear. Okay, watching cops and brown shirts beat each other's fun. Okay, fair enough. Okay, H208 with four members. The doors barricade. There's people. See, this is exactly what they should have started with. Benny Thompson talking his ass off about how he was born in Mississippi was not it. This was it. It's time to evacuate. So we- now, now you got my dick hard. It's up to us people now, the American people. You're a dumb fuck, dude. And whatever it takes, I'll lay my life down if it takes. Absolutely. I wish you would have. Yeah, tell that cop what for. 
I like watching cops get told what for. That is the thing I'm into. And they're chanting USA, even though, like, they're the opposite of, of you know, patriots. You, you, you don't actually believe in the country. Or maybe they, maybe they do represent the true essence of the country, and maybe we're winning. I don't fucking know. Really? No way Hacksaw Jim Duggan was at one. No, please don't tell me that. Hacksaw seems like too nice of a guy. I could see him having some stupid ass views, but I could, like, he's too nice of a guy to be, to have been at the insurrection. <laughs> Fair enough, Mox. These were great people. The crowd was unbelievable. And I mentioned the word love. The love. The love. The love. Can you feel the love? And they got the Christian flag, of course. Pursuant to the order of the committee. Of tonight. We didn't see Man Bear Pig in that. The committee in recess for a period of approximately 10 minutes. What? You just got good and now you're leaving us? The January 6th. There are people on Twitch that do 8, 9, 10 hour fucking. There's some people that do fucking 20 hour streams. They're letting this And you just. You fucking did an hour. Timeline, a chronological. Serious it took a break. Are you serious? As the Capitol was being attacked, presented by the chair. My God. And Liz Cheney. We anticipate hearing some live testimony yet tonight. Let's go to James Homan to talk about what the committee is doing today. James, let's work back. I what? <laughs> the opening statements. But first, let's start where the committee has left off with those harrowing and horrific images of law enforcement under attack, defending the Capitol, trying to protect one another in some cases from being killed. Um, and the law... You know what? I, I do. I want a pee break. See, I hit the, I hit the commercial for everybody on Twitch. They got a commercial break during that, so commercials won't play for a while. Like I gave you like your commercial break for like two hours, so there won't be any commercials on the Twitch stream for anybody. It played while I was doing my little commercials, which people seem to like. I game viewers during that. Cool. I put I put a lot of time into those. Sparkles here? Are you saying hi, or are you saying hi to Sparkles because you saw her on the on the screen? I think he's sassy.
I like that I repurposed Matt Walsh trying to make fun of me. It was like him like billboarding my show for me. Because Matt Walsh thinks I'm a formidable voice in the culture. Justin Freakin, the formidable voice in the culture. Thank you, Matt. I, I appreciate you saying that about me. Daily Wire won't hire me, though, for some reason. I don't know why. I keep applying. I meet all their qualifications. I'm a bad at... You guys saw. Like I, the, the, like I edited all those together. I'm a badass editor. That's what they wanted. A, a, they wanted a video editor. I don't, I don't, and like, do you know, do you know what I sent them as an example of my editing? My YouTube fucking uh, trailer. Sparkles is out there somewhere. Somewhere out there is Sparkles. He'll be here tomorrow night. It's the Friday Night Freak Show. I, I can't believe I actually pulled that off. That wasn't that wasn't too terrible. All right, looks like we are getting back to a committee hearing here shortly. We're gonna go ahead. Turn on the Washington Post. Hearing live as soon as he gavels back in. Uh, Rhonda Colvin is one of our reporters. I ain't high enough for this shit. Room, watching all of this unfold in person. Rhonda, before we let you go. It definitely ended um, stronger than it began. Really make a seamless effort to take people. Oh, let's go back to the hearing room now. We'll talk to Rhonda later. can't believe I'd actually be begging to hear Jamie Raskin speak. If, if, if you happen to subscribe to the Amazon Prime, you get a free Twitch sub. You can totally give me Bezos money. There's a YouTube channel looking for video people. Here's the thing about YouTube channels is they usually don't want to pay a lot of money. They're really demanding for not a lot of money. I see YouTube on the on the listing and I usually uh, skip over it. Though I have applied to be on uh, like what culture. I do videos for what like shit that I already would watch. I would totally edit for them. Oh, you don't like your boss? The committee will be in order. Fucking meta. I don't know if I could go to work for meta. I like my situation. It'd be nice to have insurance. I want to but... thank our witnesses for being with us this evening to share their firsthand accounts of that terrible day. I'm assuming Fanone is one of them since I saw him in the crowd. Are in the room with us along with some of the family members, friends, and widows of the officers who lost their lives as a result of the attack. Thank you all for being here for us and the American people. Officer Carolyn Edwards, I wore my patriotic bandana tonight. United States Capitol Police since 2017. On January 6th, Officer Edwards... Still ACAB, though. Still ACAB, all of you. 
unit, which serves as the first line of defense at the Capitol complex. She also served as a member of the Civil Disturbance Unit, a special subset of the uniformed division trained to respond to mass demonstration events. Officer Edwards is a graduate of so the So she's batoned a lot of people. And currently is working on a master's degree. And just from her looks, she just seemed like such a nice lady. John Hopkins University. But a cab to you, ma'am. Nick Quistad is an acclaimed filmmaker who credits include documenting stories from war zones in Afghanistan, Syria, and Iraq. On January 6th, Mr. Quickstead was working on a documentary about, quote, why Americans are so divided when Americans have so much in common, end quote. During that day, Mr. Quested interviewed and documented movements of the people around the Capitol, including the first moments of the violence against the Capitol Police and the chaos that ensued. I will now swear in our witnesses. The witnesses will please stand and raise your right hand. Do you swear and affirm on the penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Seems really antiquated. Let the record reflect the witnesses answered in the affirmative. Without objection, the witnesses' statement will be included in the record. Pursuant to Section 5C8 of House Resolution 503, I recognize myself for questioning. As you saw just a few minutes ago, the Proud Boys instigated the first breach of the Capitol just before 1 o'clock p.m., where rioters pushed over barricades near the Peace Circle at the foot of the Capitol. Our two witnesses tonight were both there at the time of that first breach. Officer Edwards was standing with other officers behind a line of bike racks that marked the perimeter of the Capitol grounds. She bravely tried to prevent an angry crowd from advancing on the Capitol. Unfortunately, she was overrun and knocked unconscious as the crowd advanced. And there were other cops that just kind of opened up the gates and let him in. was a few yards away from Officer Edwards. I seen it. Taking footage of the Proud Boys as part of his work on a documentary film. Most of his footage has never been shown publicly before we shared it this evening. Officer Edwards, I'd like to start by asking if you could tell us why you believe it's important for you to share your story this evening with the committee and the American public. Please, uh, your microphone. Um, well, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, I really appreciate it, and thank you. As if she wasn't nervous enough already. Here to testify. Um, I was called a lot of things on January 6, 2021, and the days thereafter. 
I was called Nancy Pelosi's dog, called incompetent, called a hero, and a villain. I was called a traitor to my country, my oath, and my constitution. In actuality, I was none of those things. I was an American, standing face to face with other Americans, asking myself how many times, many, many times, how we had gotten here. I had been called names before, but never had my patriotism or duty been called into question. I, who got up every day, no matter how early the hour or how late I got in the night before, to put on my uniform and to protect America's symbol of democracy. Girl of the Gray, welcome in. The baking sun and freezing snow to make sure that America's elected officials were able to do their job. I, whose literal blood, sweat, and tears were shed that day defending the building that I spent. I'm not high enough for this shit. Working in. RB, stop it! Stop being creepy. A Marine that fought in the Battle of the Chosen Reservoir in the Korean War. I think of my papa often in these days, how he was so young and thrown into a battle he never saw coming and answered the call at a great personal cost. How he lived the rest of his days with bullets and shrapnel in his legs, but never once complained about his sacrifice. I would like to think that he would be proud of me. Proud of his granddaughter that stood her ground that day and continued fighting, even though she was wounded, like he did many years ago. I am my grandfather's granddaughter, proud to put on a uniform and serve my country. They dared to question my honor. They dared to question my loyalty. And they dared to question my duty. I am a proud American, and I will gladly sacrifice everything to make sure that the America my grandfather defended is here for many years to come. Thank you. Officer Edwards, your story and your service is important, and I thank you for being here tonight. Ms. Quickstead, i also like to ask you to introduce yourself. Can you tell us how you found yourself in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021? Good evening, uh, Chair and Madam Vice Chair. Thank you for the introduction. Um, as stated, in the winter of 2020, I was working on a documentary. As part of that documentary, I filmed several rallies in Washington, D.C. on December the 11th and December the 12th, and I learned there would be a rally on the Mall in, on January 6th. So my three colleagues and I came down to document the rally. According to the permit of the event, there was going to be a rally at the Ellipse. We arrived at the Mall and observed a large contingent of Proud Boys marching towards the Capitol. We filmed them, uh, and almost immediately I was separated from my colleagues. I documented the crowd turn from protesters to rioters to insurrectionists. I was surprised at the size of the group, the anger and the profanity. And for anyone who didn't understand how violent that event was... Oh, no, if Warlord's still in here, he'd be I able to tell you. It and I experienced it. Uh, I heard incredibly aggressive chanting, and I shared, subsequently shared that footage with the authorities. I'm here today s pursuant to a House subpoena. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Quested. The Select Committee has conducted extensive investigative work 
to understand what led the Proud Boys. I'm here as a result of a House subpoena. Capital what? what? We've obtained substantial evidence. They dragged this motherfucker in. December 19th tweet calling his followers to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Energized individuals from the Proud Boys and other extremist groups. I'd like to play a brief video highlighting some of this evidence. My name is Marcus Childress, and I'm an investigative counsel for the to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by. Uh, after he made this comment, Enrique Terrio, then chairman of the Proud Boys, said on parlor, standing by, sir. During our investigation, we learned that this comment during the presidential debate actually led to an increase in membership from the Proud Boys. Would you say that Proud Boys numbers increased after the stand back, stand by comment? Exponentially. I'd say tripled, probably. With Look the- at that fucking beard. Did you it could be nice if you knew how to how to you know, give it some some uh, love. One of the vendors on my page actually beat me to it, but I wish I would have. I wish I would have made a stand back, stand by shirt. On December nineteenth, President Trump tweeted about the January sixth rally and told attendees, "Be there, will be wild." Many of the witnesses that we interviewed were inspired by the president's call and came to D.C. for January sixth. But the extremists they took it a step further. They viewed this tweet as a call to arms. A day later, the Department of Justice describes how the Proud Boys created a chat called the Ministry of Self-Defense Leadership Chat. Uh, in this chat, the Proud Boys established a command structure in anticipation of coming back to D.C. on January 6th. The Department of Justice describes Mr. Tario coming into possession of a document called the 1776 Returns, which describes... I think he was for sure a Brit, RB. ...occupying key buildings around the United States Capitol. The Oath Keepers are another group that the committee investigated. You better get your ass to D.C., folks, this Saturday. Yeah, if you don't, there's, there'll be no more republic. But we're not going to let that happen. It's not even an if. It's it's either President Trump is encouraged and, and bull- Stuart Rhodes, I, I would give anything, anything in the world to piss in your open eye hole. Or we wind up in a, in a bloody fight. We all know that. The fight's coming. The Oath Keepers began planning to block the peaceful transfer of power shortly after the November 3rd election. And according yeah, we're watching something live, aren't we? The Oath Keepers leader said to his followers that we were not going to get through this without a civil war. In response to the December 19th, 2020 tweet by President Trump. Oh, there's some warlord. January 6th in Washington, D.C. In response to the tweet, one member, the president of the Florida chapter. It's a power thing. It's a power dynamic thing. wants us to make it wild. The goal was for the Oath Keepers to be called to duty so that they could keep the president in power, although President Trump had just lost the election. The committee learned that the Oath Keepers set up quick reaction forces outside of the city in Virginia where they stored arms. The goal of these quick reaction forces was to be on standby just in case President Trump... It, is, it has gotten better than what it was. Did the Oath Keepers ever provide weapons to members? I'm going to decline to answer that. I put them at grounds for, for uh, due process grounds. In footage obtained by the committee, I would I would love to piss in his open eye hole. Enrique Tario and Stuart Rhodes met in a parking garage in Washington D.C. I would I would love to piss in Enrico Tario's open eye hole. Same fight, and I think that's what's important. 
you, Justin. Okay. Have an open eye hole, Justin. Yeah, we can make one. Oh! The DOJ alleges that Go fuck that bitch! Looking for Speaker Pelosi. All of Ooh, I went way far. Like, that was dark. Mr. Tario took credit. And documents obtained. I like, I like oatmeal. Mr. Tario said in an encrypted chat, make no mistake, and we did this. Later on that evening, Mr. Tario. Don't soil the oats. Seemed to resemble him in front of the Capitol with a black cape. And the title of the video was Premonition. The evidence developed by the Select Committee and the Department of Justice highlights how each group participated on the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. In fact, creepers. the investigation revealed that it was individuals associated with the Proud Boys who instigated the initial breach at the Peace Circle at 12.53 p.m. <laughs> Within 10 minutes, rioters had already filled the Lower West Plaza. By 2 o'clock, rioters had reached the doors on the West and the East Plazas. And by 2.13, rioters had actually broken through the Senate wing door and gotten into the Capitol building. A series of breaches followed. At 2.25 p.m., rioters breached the east side doors to the rotunda. They didn't necessarily breach. Rioters breached the east side doors. Several of these. I feel like they were let in that door. Once the rioters infiltrated the Capitol, they moved through the crypt, the rotunda, the hallways leading to the House chambers, and even inside the Senate chambers. Working. Individuals associated with two violent extremist groups have been charged with seditious conspiracy in connection with the January I like goat attack. bleepers. One is the Oath Keepers. Tones! Armed anti-government extremists. The other group is the Proud Boys. They promote white supremacist beliefs and have engaged in violence. They drink milk. People they view as their political enemies. Members of both groups have already pled guilty to crimes associated with the January 6th attack. Mr. Quested, as part of the documentary you've been filming, you gain access to the Proud Boys and their leader, Enrique Tario. The Oath Squeakers. Them in I like that DC one. That's good. On the evening of January 5th and then on January 6th. I like the quaff of this guy's hair. The night before the attack. But I feel like I feel like he doesn't want to be there. Mr. Tario, Do you guys get that vibe from him? DC. What happened? Um, we picked up Mr. Tario from jail. Uh, he'd uh, been arrested for carrying um, some magazines, uh, some long, uh, some extra capacity magazines, and uh, for the he took responsibility for the burning of the uh, Black Lives Matter flag. Really? What what kind of color is it? Weaker um, of the house. I love it. Um, we. Um, we were attempting to get an interview with Mr. Tario. Um, we had no idea of any of the events that were going to subsequently happen. Um, uh, we drove him to pick up his bags from the property department of the police, which is just south of the mall. Uh, we picked up his bags and went to get some other bags from the Phoenix Hotel, where we 
um, encountered Mr. Stuart Rhodes uh, from the Oath Keepers. Um, by the time I'd got it's Australian, car, is it British? Saying who'd got into the car with Mr. Tario that they had moved to a uh, location around the corner, the parking garage of the uh, Hall of Legends, I believe. And um, so we quickly drove over there. We drove down into the parking garage and filmed the scene of Mr. Tario and Mr. Rhodes uh, and certain other individuals um, uh, in that garage. Um, we then continued to follow Mr. Tario. The garage. Was a discussion about where he was going to go. He ended up going towards a hotel in Baltimore, and we conducted an interview with him in the hotel room. Um, and then we returned to DC for that night. Uh, in a, um, and what was interesting that night actually was that was the first indication that DC was much more. Um, busy than it had been any other time we'd been here because we couldn't get into the hotels we wanted no, to. He seems like he wants to talk, like he's not there against the his will. That, you know, was not as satisfactory as we would have hoped. Thank you. He's so, being very matter of fact. What like you're he's, saying that's just is the British way or Australian or whatever he is. The meeting between Mr. Tario and Oath Keepers leader, Stuart Rose, right? Indeed. You couldn't hear what was said, but according to the Justice Department indictment of Mr. Tario, a participant referenced the Capitol. Now, on the morning of January 6th, you learned the Proud Boys would gather near the rally schedule to take place near the White House. What time did you meet up with the Proud Boys and what was happening when they met? Um, we met up with the Proud Boys uh, somewhere around 10.30 a.m. and they were starting to walk down the mall uh, in easterly direction towards the Capitol. Um, there was a, 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 a large contingent, more than I had expected, and I was confused to a certain extent why we were walking away from the president's speech because that's what um, I felt we were there to cover. So at 10.30 a.m., uh, that's early in the day. That's even before the President Trump had started speaking. Trump started speaking about noon. So how many Proud Boys would you estimate were marching together to the Capitol? Um, a couple of hundred. Potentially, yeah, I'd say a couple of hundred Proud Boys were marching towards the Capitol at that point. At the time, was the area heavily guarded? No, that was, um, we mem I remember we walked past the, we walked down the mall, we walked to the ref right of the reflecting pool, and then north along the road that leads to the Peace Circle. And as we were walking past the Peace Circle, I framed the Proud Boys to the right of my shot with the Capitol behind and we see one sole police officer um, at the barriers, which are subsequently breached. We then walk up and past a um, tactical unit preparing, and there's, you see that in the film where the man questions their duty and their honor, and you see maybe a dozen um, uh, Capitol Police um, putting on their riot gear. So... So he was doing a film about like 
that why Americans that don't get along when they have so the much in common, was, and then films an insurrection on our government. Make efforts to create um, a familiarity between myself and my subjects to you know make them feel comfortable, and um, the the atmosphere was much darker than uh, this day than than had been in these other in these other in these other days. And there was also a contingent of Proud Boys that I hadn't met before from Arizona. Peace, peace circle, peace circle. Um, And had orange armbands. So when the Proud Boys went back down the hill to the peace circle, did a larger crowd... I don't know what I'm going to do with you tonight, RB. First of all, we went round to the back and down the steps, and we took some photographs on the east side of the Capitol. Uh, and then we went for lunch. We went for tacos. So, Mr. Quested, you're a journalist, so you're careful to stick to things that you have observed. But what you've told us is highly relevant. Wait, there was there was an insurrection going on, and he went out to lunch at Tucker's. What is Tucker's? First, there was a good enough to miss an insurrection at the Capitol. We know that from multiple sources. You now estimate that there were around 250 uh, to 300 individuals that you've testified. They weren't there for President Trump's speech. We know this because they left that area to march toward the Capitol before the speech began. They walked around the Capitol that morning. I'm concerned this allowed them to see what defenses were in place and where weaknesses might be. And they decided to launch their attack at the Peace, peace Circle, which is but a... They, but they took pictures along the way. Complex. It's the first security... They posed and looked all badass. They thought they looked badass. ...would have to come, too, as they moved toward the Capitol. The Peace Circle walkaway was... Walkway was always where the thousands of angry Trump supporters would arrive after President Trump sent them from the lips. The Proud Boys timed their attack to the moments before the start of the joint session in the Capitol, which is also where President Trump directed the angry mob, quote, we fight like hell, end quote. It's still one of my wildest like days in broadcasting. Down Pennsylvania Avenue, right to where the Proud Boys gathered and where you are filming. Now, a central question is whether the attack on the Capitol was coordinated and planned. Peace. What you witnessed is what a coordinated and planned effort would look like. It was the culmination of a months-long effort spearheaded by President Trump. Mr. Quested, thank you for your eyewitness account of the lead up to the breach of the peace circle. This brings us to a point. Peace circle sounds funnier, though, so like I'll go with peace circle. We're in close proximity. At this point, is that is that where I get to pee in Stewart Road's open eye hole? House Resolution Five Zero Three. The chair just, just pretend that Dan Crenshaw is Stuart Rhodes for, for all its and purposes. Thank you very they much. Are, they are. They're pretty much the uh, same. Officer Edwards, I want to start by thanking you for your service and thank you for your courage. Thank you for being here this evening. No, peace circle, uh, peace circle. That, we'll leave it at uh, peace it's circle. It's not easy 
to relive what happened for you and you always go too far rb family members of officers uh in in the audience this evening um but it's it's really important for the country uh, to have a full accounting and understand what happened uh, i want to start officer edwards with a short clip that um shows the horrible moment when you were injured uh, as the peace circle was breached Get a good look at the peace circle. Officer Edwards. Oh, was that was her? That was her. Uh, the crowd that had assembled at the peace circle, as as you and your fellow officers uh, stood behind and guarded the bike racks at the peace circle. She took. She took yes, a wall so, up in there. God damn. There were about. I want to say about five of us on that line. Um, and there were, so there was our bike rack, and then at the bottom of the Pennsylvania Avenue walkway, or right by Peace Circle, there was another bike rack. And so right by the Peace Circle. The crowd had kind of gathered there. Um, it was the crowd led by um, Joseph Biggs. And they were mostly in civilian clothes. There were some... Um, who had military fatigues on. Um, we could see people with uh, bulletproof vests on, you know, things like that. Um, they didn't seem, you know, extremely cohesive, but they had gathered there um, in their outfits, um, but they had gathered there. Oh, no, that footage that we just watched. And, um, Joseph Biggs started. Biggs the different. They were pretty cohesive. Megaphone, and he started talking about. You know, first it was things kind of relating to Congress. And then the tables started turning once the, um, what is now the, the Arizona group is what you said, um, the crowd with orange hats, Oath they keepers. came up chanting um, F.U. Ball of crap. What the fuck? We're getting drunk again? No, that doesn't sound fun. And once they joined that group, Brown, Joseph Biggs. Let me let me get a turkey breast, and we'll 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 make Capital we'll Police. make a turkey breast with Crown. Started asking us questions like you. Y'all watch, she says. During the pandemic, um, mentioning stuff about our pay scale was mentioned, and you know started turning the tables on us. And I've worked, I can, you know, conservatively say probably hundreds of civil disturbance events. I know. Well, it, is, it is six, nine, in case you guys didn't know. And that's when nice. I turned to my sergeant and I stated the, uh, the understatement of the century. And there are, said, and there are six sergeant, viewers on YouTube and nine on, on Twitch. <laughs> um, nice. And... So after that, you know, I think uh, they started conferring. They went a little silent. They started conferring among each other. I saw um, the person now identified as Ryan Samsel. He put his arm around Joseph Bay. Ryan Samsel, that's a new name and to me. 
they started approaching the first barricade. They ripped the first barricade down and they approached our uh, bike racks. Um, you know, at that time, we started um, holding on, grabbing the bike racks. You know, there weren't many of us, so I grabbed um, the middle between two different bike racks. And, you know, I, I wasn't under any pretense that I could hold it for very long, but I just wanted to, you know, make sure that we could get more people down and uh, get our... Don't give Sparkles ideas. ...answer the call, so we started grappling over the bike racks. Um, I felt the bike rack come on top of my head and I was pushed backwards and my foot caught the stair behind me and I uh, my chin hit the handrail and then I it, at that point I had I would assume out, she was concussed I, um, the back of my head clipped the concrete stairs behind me yeah it looked it looked it looked yeah, sick. and you were knocked unconscious is that right officer edwards yes ma'am if you if, you, um, if any of you just got here like we we just watched the video of her hitting the ground it did not look pretty is that right yes ma'am um you know at that time adrenaline kicked in i ran towards the west front and i tried to hold the line at the senate steps um at the lower west terrace um, more people kept coming at us. Um, it just seemed like, you know, Damn, I can't believe she kept going after she took uh, that tumble. Fuck. You know, coming on to the West front, they started overpowering us. And that was right about when MPD's officers showed up. Um, their bike officers pushed the crowd back and allowed um, our CDU units, as well as theirs, to form that line that you see, um, that very thin line between us and the protesters or the rioters, um, you know, at that time. I fell behind that line. That thin blue and, line. Um, for a while, I started um, decontaminating people who had gotten sprayed um, and treating people medically who, who needed it. And then you were injured again uh, there on the West Terrace. Is that right, Officer Edwards? Yes, ma'am. So um, after a while... In this while, house, we backed the beans. That's the line. House side of the Lower West Terrace. We, we respect and, in this house. Um, I was holding that line the thin for a bean line. many of us over there. Um, and Officer Sicknick was behind me um, for most of the time, for about uh, 30 to 45 minutes that I was down there. Um, we were just, as the best we could, we were just, you know, grappling over bike racks and trying to hold them as quick as possible. Um, all of a sudden, I see movement to the left of me, and I turned, and it But it's so wild that they're like, she's this trained riot officer, and all she's, all she's doing is holding bike racks. I, I what? I figured at that point that he had been sprayed, and I was 
um, concerned. My, uh, you know, cop, cop alarm bells went off. Um, because if you get sprayed with pepper spray, you're going to turn red. He turned um, just about as pale as this sheet of paper. And so I looked back to see what had hit him, what had happened, and that's when I got sprayed in the eyes as well. Um, I was taken to be decontained. Damn this poor woman. Another officer. I mean, a cab, but chance because we were then tear gassed. Uh, and we um, are going to play just a, a brief clip of, of that. She conked her head, got sprayed with mace, and then was tear gassed. Jesus. Wow. That was after we saw her, like, I just want to thank you more than likely get concussed. Um, and, and I know, again, how difficult it is. I know um, the family of Officer Sicknick as well, who's here tonight. Um, and um, one of the things one of the uh, Capitol Police officers said to me uh, recently was uh, to ask me whether or not, as members of Congress, all of us understood that on that day, on January 6th, when we were evacuated from the chamber, uh, were led to a safe, undisclosed location, whether we knew that, that so many of you had rushed out of the building and into the fight. And uh, I can assure you that we do know that and that uh, we understand how important your service is. Uh, thank you for your uh, uh, continued work with our committee and the interviews. And um, thank you very much for both of you for being here this evening. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Thank you very much. Uh, no, not back to Benny Thompson. Miss Edwards. It's uh, so boring. Can you give us one memory of that awful day that stands out most vividly in your mind? I can. Um, that time when I talked about falling behind MPD's line, I remember because I had been kind of shielded away because um, I was holding those stairs, so I wasn't able to really see what was going on over here. When I fell behind that line and I saw I can just remember my, my breath catching in my throat because I, what I saw was just a, a war scene. It, it was something like I had seen out of the movies. I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. There were officers on the ground, um, you know, they were bleeding, they were throwing up, they were, you know, they had, uh, I mean, I saw friends with blood all over their faces. I was slipping in people's blood. Um, you know, I, I was catching people as they fell. I, you know, I was, it was carnage. It was chaos. 
I, I can't. E- I can't even describe what I saw. I, never in my wildest dreams did I think that, as a police officer, as a law enforcement officer, I would find myself in the middle of a battle. You know, I, I'm, I'm trained to. You're a cop. You know, a couple of subjects and and handle you know handle a crowd, but I, I'm I'm not combat trained. And that day, it Wait, was. Wait, she was like a riot cop. Of hand-to-hand combat, hours of dealing with things that were way beyond any any a law enforcement officer has ever trained for. Am I am I wrong? Did they not introduce her as like fucking all these like certified in riots and shit? The absolute war zone that the West Front had become. Let me thank you uh, for your service and obviously your bravery uh, that you uh, have told the world about <laughs> tonight. Uh, it's unfortunate that you had to defend the Capitol uh, from fellow Americans. None of us would ever think that that would have to happen, but it did. So let me thank our witnesses for joining Touché, us sassy, tonight but I mean, still experiences like... with America. Throughout my chairmanship of this committee, I've continuously vowed that this committee will ensure a comprehensive account of the heroic acts on January She 6th, was She was in like a... Wherever they well, I mean, like she didn't have a helmet on the second time we saw her, but I think the first time she had a helmet on. That record and helped and us do our job. And she had and everything. Thank you for sharing your footage and your account of the day's events with us. The images we, we might be wrapping up and have shared with the committee do a better job than any of our words in re- reinforcing the violence of January. They certainly do better than your words, Benny Thompson. Encourage all Americans to consider how citizens with such so much in common. Why would why would you drag this out? Like you could have cut, you could have cut fucking twenty thirty minutes off of the front of this. Started with that video that you actually started with. Protect us. We could like this should have this should lasted like three or four hours. And your fellow officers. like there should be six of these. Land against those violent insurrectionists. We can only imagine the disaster that would have ensued. Your heroism is the face of danger is admirable. Oh, that's cute the way he says heroism. And serve despite your serious injuries should be an inspiration to all of us. We wish you a continued recovery and look forward to seeing you back in uniform sometime soon. The hey, members Cab. of the committee may have additional questions for tonight's witnesses, and we ask that you respond expeditiously in writing to those questions. Without objections, members, we per- permitted 10 business days to submit statements for the record, including opening remarks and additional questions for the witnesses. The witnesses have just told us what they heard the rioters saying while they stormed the Capitol on that day. Now we're going to hear it from the rioters themselves. Without objection, Ooh. I include 
in the record. Ooh, well, this is nice. Presentation. What really made me want to come was the fact that, you know, I had supported Trump all that time. Uh, I did believe, you know, that the election was being stolen. Because um, you're a dumb fuck. He personally <laughs> asked for us to come to D.C. that day. And I thought, for everything he's done for us, if this is the only thing he's going to ask of me, I'll do it. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Did you call President Trump mentioning going to the Capitol during his speech? Oh, yeah. So that's one of my disappointments. He said he was going to go and go with us, that he was going to be there. I know why I was there, and that's because he called me there, and he laid out what is happening in our government. He laid it out. But I remember Donald Trump. But he's an idiot, though. I mean, to support so you mentioned that, pre- that the president asked you. Uh, do you remember a specific message? Basically, yeah, he asked uh, for us to come to D.C., that big things are going to happen. What got me interested, he said, I have something very uh, important to say on January 6th or something. It's like going to be wild. What, what, what got me interested to be there? You know, Trump has only asked me for two things. He asked me for my vote, and he asked me to come on January 6th. Oh, I'm sure he's asked you for money on When the committee reconvenes next week, we're going to examine the lies that convinced those men and others to storm the Capitol, to try to stop the transfer of power. We're going to take a close look at the first part of Trump's attack on the rule of law. When he hit the fuse that ultimately resulted in the violence of January 6th, Without objection, and with with that, the committee stands adjourned. Really, really. With the bang of the gavel, the chairman Benny Thompson has ended this first public hearing of this month of the selection. They just got to the good shit. Monday morning. Testimony tonight from a Capitol police officer injured defending the Capitol grounds and a filmmaker who documented the extremist group, the Proud Boys. Committee members are building their case that the January 6th attack on the Capitol was coordinated and that former President Donald Trump fomented the riot and then did nothing to stop it. You see there, committee members... Uh, yeah, but this is also the like they're, they're doing this on the taxpayer dime and everything. Two Republicans, seven Democrats. This is live coverage from the Washington Post. We will be back on Monday morning. We'll be on air starting at 9.30 a.m. So please join Monday us. morning. We'll talk about what we heard tonight. Uh, you guys want Monday morning coverage? Compelling and personal testimony. Warlord probably does. It's probably like right in the afternoon. And we saw that footage and heard her relay her experience. Um, you see her just toppled to the ground, pushed over with that bike rack. And then she got back <laughs> up and kept defending the Capitol, she talked a lot about Officer Sicknick, and what everyone in that room knows, and hopefully our audience does too, is it that... It is way too early in the morning. I should have made coffee for this. He recalled seeing this pale look that didn't look right, uh, and... I, I believe they've made a mistake. It should have gone three or four hours. Slipping. This, this should not have, have been just this short... Uh, and Most of it was useless blathering. Combat trained 
that day was just hours of hand-to-hand combat. I think we saw why. I thought I thought they were going. I thought the committee would ask questions of the witnesses. I have no clue why the rest, like Kinzinger, Schiff, they were there because Donald Trump told them to come. Committee members are talking right now. I don't know why they didn't ask Officers questions were injured that of the witnesses. Like the only people we heard from this committee last was year. Benny Thompson and we Liz Cheney. Speak about everything from being crushed in doors and by. Uh, and by in April of last year, Dustin, you're correct. As Officer Dunn was right there. Uh, to be You've taken this long. Masks ripped off. And this is all you give us is two hours. James. Why revisit this tonight, right? Because they have already taken testimony from these officers publicly. The, the frosted glass of memory is a, is a weird thing, Libby. And you watch those deposition interview clips, uh, and those are multi-hour interviews that have been boiled down to shorter sound bites. But they yeah, but I mean, like we were talking like Monday morning. Pretty gripping. Uh, the, there's, there's you low- had national attention, national spotlight tonight. Kushner, Ivanka Trump. When you contrast that, when you contrast what Trump was tweeting or what was going on in the White House with what was actually happening in the Capitol, it just makes it so much harder to present this as, as some political charade or to present this as a, a kind of a victimless. I, I think uh, because some of this was really good. Uh, if they hadn't have done their jobs that day. Uh, I we we needed more of the good stuff and less of the bad stuff. But yeah, what a fantastic critique that is, right? The committee is trying to do in terms of building a case, James, and presenting it to the American public. You know, we heard at the end uh, some testimony uh, from people who are either, um, you know, charged with overrunning the Capitol and actions they did there, or have already been convicted or have pled guilty to it. But what they're trying to do, it seems, is tie their decision-making process to what... They're trying to waste our time. There was a video, as part of that video, I thought one of the more strong moments was uh, when they they showed the the screen grab of Trump's tweet on the screen, but then you heard a guy on a bullhorn reading the tweet while they were at the Capitol yelling, uh, you know, as people were chanting, hang Mike Pence, and he was... Uh, this man was reading Trump's tweet attacking Pence on a bullhorn. Uh, it really does link the two. What is up, Adam? And it, it really... You, you missed all the political uh, shit. This crowd was summoned by Trump, but then really amped up uh, by his... I was, I was told that I have to provide an animal video, and you know I will always deliver an animal video. I don't think Fox was even airing this. They were talking about Hunter Biden, as far as I know. Here's here's a lion playing with his, its cub. Why do you want me to stay alive? I don't have anything prepared. We'd have to talk about food or music or something. I ain't, I ain't got no show prepared. I had lions. I had lions playing with their cub. Because Warlord was like, I want my animal video. You get your animal video. 
serenade me. Chrisley is guilty. Okay, like, I still don't know. Was that show real or was that... I, like, I always thought that was scripted. Like, that's not, like, a real person. But apparently it is a real person. Oh, I got Echoplex rating in. Well, hello, everyone. I was getting ready to rate into you. I don't, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any, any shit prepared for tonight. We can talk about music. We can talk about wrestling. I've got real person scripted. Probably I, we can find out about this Chrisley person if you want to. Was it taxes? Was it something? I only know this because the show used to come on after uh, wrestling at one point in time. Fraud on Tuesday after a three-week-long trial in Georgia, the couple was, was fraud. Julie Chrisley found guilty on fraud charges. On Tuesday, after a three-week-long trial in Georgia, the couple was convicted on all counts. And according to multiple reports, those convictions include conspiracy to commit bank fraud, bank fraud, conspiracy to defraud the United States... This does not surprise me at all. He also received an additional conviction for wire fraud. The couple now faces up to 30 years in prison. But okay, okay, for the longest time... I thought that the Chrisley knows best was like they were they were actors playing a a scripted reality show that you know the show, the the premise of the show was that it was a reality show but it's not it, that's not how it actually was this is a real person apparently what is up ninja each in a statement after the verdict, Todd and Julie's attorney says they're disappointed in the outcome and plan to appeal. The I bet you are. I had nothing planned for, for tonight, guys. I, I was just going to watch the, the hearings. But if you're all in here, we'll, we'll wing it. We'll, we'll come up with some shit to talk about. The state charges have been dismissed, but where do you now stand with the federal charges? Um, we're still working through that process. I think there was a lot of stuff that came out um, about four weeks ago. I was, I was interested in this motherfucker because I didn't know it was a real person. I think there's a total of 160 something recording. I'm still not convinced it's a real person, to be honest with you. That acknowledged how they framed us, how they were looking for a big fish in Georgia. Framed you! At the same time, though, there have been reports of you having said, just fix it, fix these documents. I'm surprised he's not running some weird sex cult. The legal mess? Yes. But listen, we're blessed because God has given us. The ability to, you know, I feel bad. He is. He is. We just don't know about it. The resources to to prove their innocence. A sentencing for the pair will come at a later date. 
There's the update on Chris Lee. Let's go to my Twitter. Let's see what I got bookmarked. I have I have shit, I'm sure. <laughs> Glenn Jacobs uh, downplaying gun violence. This is, this is Kane, in case, in case you didn't know. Downplaying gun violence. He's also the mayor of Tennessee. What did Louis Gomer say? I don't even know. I'm not even going to look at what he said. Let's find out. Uh, in debate last week and even today, to be told that we have no courage, that uh, Democrats, we were told in debate... You ain't got no fucking courage. ...more about social media, violent video games, Hollywood, mental illness, and they sure don't want to hear any more about prayers. They're disgusted hearing about prayers. Don't want to hear any more about fatherlessness, drug use. Look, maybe if we heard more prayers from leaders of this country instead of taking God's name in vain, uh, we wouldn't have the mass killings like we didn't have before prayer was eliminated from school. And it's not like prayer has not been eliminated from school. Even today, to be t- kids, kids can say a little prayer all day long. It's the school cannot show favoritism towards a religion by leading the children in prayer, which is inherently a, a, a specific denomination or a specific religion. Fuck you, Louis Gohmert. As long as we're talking, as long as we're talking about shootings, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, maybe, maybe you're under 18 kids. Remember, shoot up drugs. Not schools. They are whiny little cowards. I still need to fix that graphic so it doesn't like flash the screen. Like uh, we talked about this last night, the Supreme Court ruling. Oh, you want to? Let's. I don't know what Jordan Peterson has to say. What does Jordan Peterson have to say? I dreamed I saw my maternal grandmother sitting by the bank of a swimming pool, which was oh no. Her genital region was exposed dimly. Yeah, I was going to play this for Sparkles tomorrow or not. That's why I had it bookmarked. It's kind of old. It's kind of old. Her genitals. Did you know he started talking about his, his grandmother's genitals? I dreamed I saw my maternal grandmother sitting by the bank of a swimming pool, which was also a river. Her genital region was exposed dimly. It had the appearance of a thick mat of hair. She was stroking herself absent-mindedly. She walked over to me with a handful of pubic hair compacted into something resembling a large artist's paintbrush. She pushed this at my face. I raised my arm several times to deflect her hand. Finally, unwilling to hurt her or interfere with her any further, I let her have her way. She stroked my face with her pubic brush and said, like a child, isn't it soft? I looked at her room. <laughs> yes, Grandma. Soft. Oh, that's nice. I'm never going to dance again. That's weird. That's fucking weird. Thought T. Anna, welcome. Thank you for being a freaking follower. 
Yes, Jordan Peterson definitely lives in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Those of you who did not see the uh, Harbor Seal from last night. Oh, fuck. How dare you? How dare you? I used to listen to Rachel Maddow on the radio way back in the 2000s. And she actually had an excerpt from one of those books, like him talking about a loofah he was using on a woman's back. So I've actually, I've, I've heard an excerpt from it. <laughs> yes, I thought, I thought the seal spoke another language. But it's smiling at you. If you if you are new here to this stream, usually I do a rundown of the news and like it's got a whole structure and everything to it. But tonight we were just doing the January sixth hearing, and I expected them to go a lot longer than what they did. So I got nothing for you. So we're just going through like my reservoir of shit on Twitter and like. How can you not watch that like a couple dozen times after you go by it? Uh, yeah, Republicans, 44% of Republicans say you just have to accept gun violence. Fuck off. Lance Storm talking, talking politics on, on Twitter. I'm here for it. We did the John Thune story the other day about how he needed an AR. To shoot prairie dogs, and prairie dogs look like this. They're so fucking cute. Pulling stuff out of my digital pocket. I could do like producer Dave does and go to the front page of the YouTube that I use to watch videos for the show. It'll just be like political shit. They are racketeering. You think you think he's racketeering currently, like right now? As he's as he's eating his lettuce, he's thinking about racketeering. And how, how he's gonna how he's gonna pull off some racketeering? I don't know why sparkles as the thoughts that they breaking Rico laws. Maybe we can ask her tomorrow night. She Sparkles Lavendar is my co-host for the Friday Night Freak Show tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern. What is that? F 7 Pacific? John Thune needs a AR-15 to shoot... Cute-ass prairie dogs. He's getting hill people wasted on Crown Royal tomorrow, apparently. I What are we having for food? I'm like, like, if you got Crown Royal, let me cook a turkey breast. I want to cook a turkey breast. I'll get a turkey breast from the grocery store. Crown Royal on it. Put it in the crock pot. Make mashed potatoes. We get us some bread. 
drinking the whole thing. She not she not even gonna give me any. She's drinking the whole thing. Go 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 go. God, is that your new thing now? Are you gonna get drunk on the show? You were at a you were acting completely out of pocket. You were acting completely out of pocket, ma'am, on the show last week. So, Texas lawmakers are finally banning drag queens. This was this was Thune talking about his... Varmints, and so I think that there are and shit. reasons why people would want to have them. And I think the challenge you have already is that there are literally millions of them available in this country. In my state, they use them to shoot prairie dogs and, you know, other types of varmints. Prairie dogs. I just I showed you a prairie dog. Reasons why people would want to have them. And I think the challenge you have already is that there are literally millions of them available in this country. In my state, they use them to shoot prairie dogs. And and there was there was a uh, an incident and the cop shot somebody. Let's talk about that. I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about this because in the oh fuck yeah you can fit so many mentally ill people that can buy guns in the red areas totally a thing this happened in Gadsden Alabama a person fatally shot by police outside of Alabama elementary school Alabama law enforcement agency said that the person was attempting to make forcible entry into a marked Rainbow City police uh, patrol vehicle. One person was fatally shot Thursday afternoon by police outside of an Alabama elementary school where students were participating in a summer program, authorities and school officials said. The incident took place near Walnut Park Elementary School in Gadsden, about 70 miles northeast of Birmingham. Alabama law enforcement agency said that the person was attempting to make forcible entry into a marked Rainbow City Patrol vehicle and was confronted by a school resource officer employed by the Rainbow City Police Department. See, that's why I think he was unarmed. Because otherwise, I don't think the cops would have approached him. See what I mean? Follow with me here. The subject resisted and attempted to take the officer's firearm, which is something they often say when they're lying. The Gadsden Police Department responded to the scene to provide assistance. The subject was injured by gunfire and was pronounced deceased. No children at the school were injured during the incident. That's a good thing. Remember, kids, up drugs, not schools. I guess I ought to get the timing right on that. I'm like, nah, ha, ha, ha. Next thing we know, there was another officer who came to assist, and then whatever transpired, transpired after that. I don't have a lot of details. That was according to the Gadsden School Superintendent, Tony Riddick. I mean, you are not going to get a lot of details from the cops. Let's talk about the Michigan gubernatorial candidate, Michigan gubernatorial candidate that was arrested. 
I want to know what happened there. He was arrested in connection to the January 6th riots. They talked about it on the Washington Post before we began the coverage of the hearing. Michigan GOP gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly charged for participation in the January 6th Capitol riot. Michigan Republican gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly was arrested on Thursday morning over his role. I can't make it go away. Fuck you, ABC. Arrested for his role Thursday morning in the January 6th riot on the U.S. Capitol last year, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Kelly was taken into custody in Allendale, where he lives, and faces four misdemeanor charges stemming from the January 6th Capitol breach, according to prosecutors. Law enforcement officials said he was arrested at his home. He'll make his first court appearance later on Thursday. We don't have an update? Oh, come on. Later on Thursday... Report by date for me, motherfuckers. Latest report I could find. We have video. We have a local news Going here, maybe. To a developing story in Michigan's race for governor. A Republican gubernatorial candidate is facing charges tonight after prosecutors say he was involved in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. FBI agents arrested Ryan Kelly. You know, I shouldn't say this, but he looks it. He looks it. He looks like the type. Rachel Louise Just was with Kelly in federal court. She explains the charges he now faces. A surreal day in Grand Rapids as Ryan Kelly, a candidate to be Michigan's next governor, appearing in court on four misdemeanor charges. Mr. Kelly still behind me, meeting with supporters after he was arraigned. Kelly leaving the court today. Uh, wow. Ahead of his next court hearing. Kelly declining multiple requests from reporters for comments on his charges as he walked to the car with his wife. We'll talk later. Just a few minutes earlier, the Republican candidate was in handcuffs and chains as he faced a judge for four misdemeanor counts related to January 6th. We can't show you Kelly in the courtroom since federal courts don't allow recording devices. Prosecutors have charged Kelly with knowingly entering restricted grounds, disorderly conduct, engaging in physical violence against a person or property, and injuring U.S. property. Did not go inside nor did I have any altercation with police officers. Kelly told us last Apparently that's a lie. He never entered the building. He declined to identify to our reporter photos of him at the Capitol at the time. That's you, correct? Right here? You got my statement on the Capitol, brother. We spoke with one neighbor who says he saw law enforcement as they raided Kelly's home this morning. Probably 68 vehicles out front, um, just along the road, all unmarked sheriff's department um, in uniform and FBI. Kelly's next hearing will be on June 16th, just two weeks before the next gubernatorial debate. In Grand Rapids, Rachel Louise Just. Kelly wouldn't comment on his future plans for his gubernatorial campaign. This is just the latest shakeup in a headline-grabbing gubernatorial race. Kelly is one of just five remaining Republican candidates for governor after five others were disqualified. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, he was one of them that survived the purge. The five others that were disqualified? (laughs) 
I would. I, I don't know for a fact that this is a ranking, but if he's the number two Republican in the race, that's wild. <laughs> oh shit. I know. Let's go to YouTube. Let's 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 just see what is on the front page of YouTube. Merrick Garland from yesterday. Matt Walsh. Wanna let's watch Jesse Waters talk about Joe Biden being sleepy. <laughs> On the Jesse Waters Show. The president's supposed to be a man of the people. So every once in a while, the leader of the free world or a candidate for the office drops by a late night TV show just to remind us, hey, I'm a regular guy. Oh, he was on uh, he was on Jimmy Kimmel or some shit last night, wasn't he? And even let their hair down a little. Can I mess your hair up? Go ahead. With my hair spray. For years, the late-night stopover has been a presidential staple. Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. Because comedy's bipartisan, or it's supposed to be. You can have Jimmy Fallon playing around with Trump on one show and slow-jamming the news with Barack Obama on another. There will be no third term. I can't stay forever. Besides, Daddy's got a Hawaiian vacation booked in about... 223 days. But who's counting? If comedy isn't your thing, don't worry. We have a couple... Dude, all guns of parasailing. Baseline. That's what I'm saying. You had... So the very first Summit of the Americas. We watched the Summit of the Americas last night. Sheila E. stole the show. They dropped Sheila E. on us. That just, like, it redeemed everything. They had the first Summit of Americas in Miami in 1994 with Bill Clinton playing saxophone in Miami. You know that was a hell of a good time. These presidential cameos part of TV history. It was the fact that they made themselves the butt of the joke. Oh, no. I don't think we could get Mr. Nixon to stand still for a socket to me. Suck it to me. She fucking rocked it. She certainly did a drum solo. She sang. And then she did a motherfucking badass drum solo. I wanted another fucking song. She only did one song. Make sure the White House Library has lots of books with big print and pictures. <laughs> Number six. Just for fun. Issue executive order commanding my brother Jeb to wash my car. <laughs> Presidents come. Uh, you could probably see like uh, Sheila E at like a fucking like local local theater uh, at a theater or a casino. Probably be a really good fucking show. Sat down with Jimmy Kimmel yesterday, and let's just say <laughs> it was not must see TV. Even though there's so so when Bush was on Dave that time, that clip that he just showed, if I'm not mistaken, that's when like in the commercial break, one of Bush's aides was over 
like doing whatever, applying fucking makeup or something to Bush, and Dave. Oh, it was like Bush had like, uh, uh, like he, he like wiped his glasses. I'm I'm fucking it all up. Something happened with somebody wiping their glasses. Like some AIDS fucking. The show was taped at three in the afternoon. It looked like President Biden was. I might be crazy. That might never even happen. Wasn't witty or articulate like his predecessors. He was boring. I'm awfully stoned. We took a lot of bong hits during the January 6th hearing. So there's a lot of major things we've done. But what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is. Let me say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate it. Look, <laughs> look at the irony there. He can't even communicate how the administration's failing at communicating. And if Biden really cares... Yeah, he probably shouldn't be on with uh, a Jimmy Kimmel. A more challenging arena for his first sit-down interview in four months. Instead of taking softballs from a comedian. But that's just common sense. And we know Joe doesn't have any. I bet he is tired. He's insisting everything's going great. Even though that's a total lie. We have a- he had a big day yesterday. We w- we watched it. It was the summit of America's. That's why that's why he's on Jimmy Kimmel. Allowed us at least to stay on top of and a little bit ahead of what's happening around the world. I'm tired right now. I was totally gonna lay down on the couch and take a nap until you guys showed up. And that wasn't the only time Joe had trouble keeping his. Family. I was gonna I was gonna throw you over to Echoplex. So Kimmel wasn't about to call out his lies. But since they raided me, I'll I'll stick around. I'll give you another half hour and then send you to Echo Place because I assume they're still going to do satanic panic. I'll keep you company. On what we're going to do on us with assault weapons and how have to maybe they'll have three hundred rounds in a magazine. Three hundred rounds. Oh, don't leave. No such magazine exists. That's what I'm saying. I'll keep you company until I bounce you back over to Echoplex when I assume they're doing like the regular satanic panic show. Which unfortunately wasn't the case for his comments on Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned. I'll keep you company. It's clear that if in fact the decision comes down the way it does and these states impose the limitations they're talking about, it's going to cause a mini revolution. It's sad to say, but Joe, your little mini revolution has already started. So much for dialing it back. I, I would assume most people in my chat are more left than I am. And Brett Kavanaugh's life's already been threatened. More on that later. But I mean, the political compass told me I'm like all the way down in the bottom left hand corner. I don't think that's so much true. Just don't ask them to do anything about it or condemn their actions. Very left, though. Targeting Republicans. You often get asked, look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, no, they don't. If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. It's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you- I think that's a fair question from Jimmy Kimmel. After watching not call him Fallon. Well, it didn't take long for Biden's message to reach the FBI. This morning, the feds arrested Ryan Kelly, the leading Republican candidate in the Michigan governor's race. Kelly was targeted by the FBI for being outside the Capitol on January 6th. But the timing's suspicious. As the Democrats are gearing up for their primetime January 6th spectacle tonight, 
Look, I know Biden was probably joking, but can you imagine if Trump had talked about... What do I text Jesse? What, what does that number do? Can I call that number? turned it into a full-blown crisis. Instead, the left is turning a blind eye as Republicans get thrown in prison. While the FBI sets up fake kidnapping stings against... You want to talk about a blind eye? I'd give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. That's a blind eye. ...with a Democrat activist took some softball questions and called it a victory. But not before getting a pat on the back for how tough of a job he has it. What a terrible job you have. <laughs> I mean, what a, I'm glad you're doing it, but boy, oh boy, does this seem well, like a bad no. gig. That wasn't an interview. It was a pity party. There were no real questions or actual answers. It was just... Yeah, like Fox News is one to talk about, like, what an interview is. Massive failures. Maybe next time Joe sits down for a one-on-one, he'll do it with an actual journalist, like me. (laughs) Or at least do it on a late-night show people actually watch. Hey, Sean, click here to subscribe. See, is it Fox's real... what else we get here why does Matt Walsh keep popping up Maryland mass shooting what what Maryland mass shooting happened? God damn. My name is Sergeant Carly, C-A-R-L-Y, last name Hose, H-O-S-E. I am the public information officer for the Washington County Sheriff's Office. Um, we're getting ready to get started. I'm going to introduce Sheriff Douglas Mullendore. When did this happen? M-U-L-L-E-N-D-O-R-E. He is going to come up and recap some of the information. I Just, just to remind everybody... I have a new shirt available on the the freak store. Another day in mass shooting USA. I'll donate twenty percent of the proceeds every town for gun violence. Which we have previously released, and then has additional information to give. When he is finished speaking, he will turn it over to a representative from Maryland State Police. Um, additionally, they will not be taking questions at the conclusion of the press conference. Um, so when they're finished, they're going to exit. Good evening. Sheriff Doug Mullendor, Washington County, Maryland Sheriff's Office. First of all, I want to say that my sincere condolences and sympathies. This is a workplace shooting. Involved in today's incident. Uh, certainly a tragic incident here in Washington County. I'd like to thank all of the partner agencies that have participated with the Sheriff's Office uh, in this investigation, Maryland State Police, um, the FBI, the ATF, and the Smithsburg Police Department. To recap some of the facts that have already been released, on June 2022 at approximately 2.30 p.m., the Washington County Emergency Communications Center received a report of an active shooter at the um, Columbia Machine Shop 12912. Uh, Unfortunately, you're probably right, Mox. 
Officers and deputies from multiple agencies responded. Officers from the Smithsburg Police Department were the first on the scene and located an injured subject outside the business in a field. It was quickly this discovered was a workplace that the shooting. suspect had fled the scene prior to law enforcement arrival, and units relayed the information as far as the suspect vehicle description uh, and the suspect description. The vehicle was encountered by the Maryland State Police on Mapleville Road, Route 66, in the area of Mount Etna Road. The suspect and the trooper exchanged fire. Both subjects were injured, and both were transported to Meredith Medical Center for treatment. Oh, wow. At this time, I can confirm that all the victims and the suspects were current employees of the uh, Columbia Machine Incorporated. And I'm going to give you the names and ages of the victims uh, that we have at this time. Oh. The first being Mark Allen, A-L-A-N, Fry, F-R. Yeah, I brought that up the other day, Moggs, that like back in the day it was called going postal because postal workers would snap. This is like the late 80s. Edward Minnick, M-I-N-N-I-C-K, Jr. He is 31 years old, white male. I don't know why postal workers would snap back then, because, fuck, they had good benefits. Wallace, W-A-L-L-A-C-E, 30-year-old white male. The injured victim that was found outside was Brandon. My heart goes out to victims of gun violence. Another day in mass shooting USA. A lot of the clips are having to do with January 6th, the hearing we just watched. I'm wanting to get caught up on everything else. Grand Rapids city leaders react to murder charge. The Patrick Lee Leola. I understand that this is painful and that many people throughout our community have been deeply impacted. This tragedy has shaken our entire community. I fucked his name up and too. Even though the process has been frustrated for many of frustrating for many of us, I do want to say how much I appreciate all those who have respected the time needed to complete a comprehensive investigation. Today's announcement is an important step in the process of accountability and justice. And as Oh, this is this is the cop that just straight up shot a dude in the back of the head that was running. He turned his body camera off, shot the dude in the back of the head. It is wild. A lot of work to do. Since April 4th, our community has had the difficult task of working to heal from the tragic death of Patrick Leoya at the hands of Christopher Scher while awaiting charging decisions in this matter. Today, Prosecutor Becker announced his decision to charge Christopher Scher with second-degree murder, a felony punishable by up to life in prison. The criminal investigation and prosecutorial process is an important part of pursuing justice. As we've indicated previously, the city of... So this is, this is the cop. Uh, his name is Christopher Scher. 
He has been charged with murder. The 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 fucking video is insane. Content warning. Yeah, they were sketchy the whole time. Everything was sus about this. Stay in the car. Get in the car. Dude, I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? Do you have a license? I'm stopping you. Do you have a license? I do not believe this will show the shooting because I believe he turns his camera off. The shooting actually... I'm not running the investigation. This is the uh, video of the information that I have, but there is an entire investigation being conducted by the Michigan State Police, which I do not have access to by design. They were struggling over the taser from my view uh, of the video. So this is not a conclusion because I don't know what other, what other information is out there. But it looks like that they were struggling over the taser for about 90 seconds. I won't want to be tasered either. That's some stupid ass fucking cop. That is the reason why we know that he shot him right in the back of the head. Because of the, the other person filming. And we have uh, heard... That video shows clear as day that the cop is guilty of murder. Of that is why we're getting a murder charge. Get through this. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for that person recording, there would have been no murder charge today. But hell yeah. Here's his mugshot. Christopher Schur. The officer who shot and killed Patrick uh, Yoya during a traffic stop in Grand Rapids nine weeks ago will be charged with second degree murder. Police pro the police haven't even fired him yet. He is <laughs> he's charged with second degree murder and he's still on the police payroll. God damn. I just I can't believe this shit. I can't be, I can't believe this shit. No, I totally can. What happens in the US? Jesus fucking Christ. A cab motherfuckers. Good to know he's been charged. We'll keep up with that trial. Totally do the verdict on that. Maryland mass shooting. Capital riot. Capital riot. Here's another one. Okay, this is a completely separate pig getting charged with murder. This is this is this is the kind of content I'm here for. Definitely officer charged with murder after a traffic stop in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Officer Christopher Schur accused of shooting Patrick. Oh, wait a minute. This, oh, wait a minute. That's the same motherfucker. God damn it. 
nuts. Too good to be true that we get two cops charged in the same day. Not my luck. Officer charged with murder after a traffic stop in Grand Rapids. Yes, we heard you the first time. I should go advertise my t-shirt on the Chris Norner. A tribute page. I get into some Echoplex territory and do uh, the NIH and Wuhan are working on monkeypox. Oh, Jesus. Smooth jazz version of Inner Sandman from 12 years ago. YouTube is really, is really hitting it here, isn't it? I mean, I do. If 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 this is your first time joining me, usually I have a prepared show. We talk about a lot of fun shit. It's not fun at all. I do the. I do like a. a, a I do a serious news rundown. I may have a a troll face with rainbow graphics, but we do a serious news rundown on this program. I, I have like, I, somebody, one of my friends mocked me for saying that. And I was like, listen, would you not learn more watching my show than you would watching like the equivalent of CNN, MSNBC, Fox, any of those channels? He's like, well, yeah, you got a point there. And I was like, thank you. That's all I want. That's all I want. Let me see what I got saved on Facebook here. Uh, we can watch a PragerU video. For some reason, I saved this PragerU video. When I did my graduate studies at the... Uh, hold on. Hold on, Dennis. You're a little too randy for me right now. What about your graduate studies, sir? Studies at the Middle East Institute at Columbia University's School of International Affairs. I took many courses on the question of the Middle East conflict. Semester after semester, we studied the Middle East. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Dennis Dennis Prager is going to tell us how to solve the Middle East conflict in a in a neatly packaged five and a half minute video. Conflict as if it was the most complex conflict in the world, when in fact... It's simple! It's fucking simple! To explain. It may be the hardest to solve, but it is the easiest to explain. In a nutshell... Oh no, he's just, he's gonna explain it to us. ...wants the other side dead. Israel wants to exist as a Jewish state and to live in peace. <laughs> wow! Wow! 
I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. What? What? Oh, sir, when you make yourself out to be the martyr, you're the bad guy. You really are. What? Israel also recognizes the right of Palestinians to have their own state and to live in peace. The problem, however, is that most Palestinians and many other Muslims and Arabs do not recognize the right of the Jewish state of Israel to exist. This has been true since 1947, when the United Nations voted... Well, there's there's kind of... I, I actually don't think that's true, but also there's like kind of a legitimate argument to be made that Israel is like illegitimate. Sir! ...to divide the land called Palestine into a Jewish state and an Arab state. The Jews accepted the United Nations partition, but no Arab or any other Muslim country accepted it. When British rule ended on May 15, 1948, the armies of all the neighboring Arab states, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Transjordan, and Egypt, attacked the one-day-old state of Israel in order to destroy it. But to the world's surprise, the little Jewish state survived. Then it Not happened exactly again. How that happened. In 1967, the dictator of Egypt, Gamal Abdel Nasser, announced his plan in his words to destroy Israel. He placed Egyptian troops on Israel's border. And I, I feel like I don't have to tell you guys this, but like, like everything he's saying is like kernels of truth, but completely distorted. Like none of none of none of this is, is is very accurate. And armies of surrounding Arab countries were also mobilized to attack. However, Israel preemptively attacked Egypt and Syria. Israel did not attack Jordan and begged Jordan's king not to join the war. But he did. And only because of that did Israel uh. take control of Jordanian land, specifically the West Bank of the Jordan River. Shortly after the wow. war, to Sudan and announced their famous three no's. No recognition, no peace, and no negotiations. What was Israel supposed to do? Well, one thing Israel did a little more. Like the Palestinians wanted to abort the baby Israel. That's hilarious. Sinai Peninsula. I didn't even pick up on that. Good call, Tones. Bigger than Israel itself and with oil back to Egypt because Egypt, under new leadership, signed a peace agreement with Israel. So Israel gave land for the promise of peace with Egypt, and it has always been willing to do the same thing with the Palestinians. All the Palestinians have ever had to do is recognize Israel as a Jewish state and promise to live in peace with it. But when Israel has proposed trading land for peace, I don't, I don't think that's true at all. To give the Palestinians it's, it's the Israelis that never want to live in peace. I believe they killed another fucking journalist, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't even had a chance to talk about that on the Troll Patrol. And instead, responded by sending waves of suicide terrorists into Israel. Meanwhile, wow, vision and school curricula remain filled with glorification of terrorists, demonization of Jews, and the daily repeated message that Israel should cease to exist. So it's not hard. We know for a fact now that they absolutely... Wants the other 
Uh, targeted Shireen, the uh, okay. the Palestinian rulers of Gaza is, we love death as much as the Jews love life. There are 22 Arab states in the world, stretching from the Atlantic Ocean to the Indian Ocean. There is one Jewish state in the world, and it is about the size of New Jersey. In fact, tiny El Salvador is larger than Israel. Finally, think about okay. these if tomorrow I don't Israel I don't understand what the point is that he's trying to make. We will fight no more. What would happen? And if the Arab countries around Israel laid down their arms and announced, we will fight no more, what would happen? In the first case, there would be an immediate destruction of the state of Israel and mass murder of its Jewish population. So we've got to the mass murder case, the other side to stop them from mass murdering us. Day. That's that's the point of this As video. As I said at the outset, it is a simple problem to describe. One side <laughs> wants the other dead. And if it, it is if you're a propagandist. Please remember this. I'm just I'm just saying it is if you're a propagandist. That was not Jewish. Israel is the third Jewish state to exist in that area. There was never an Arab state, never a Palestinian state. Never a Muslim or any other state. That's the issue. And like Why it was like under the control of like the fucking Ottoman Empire. Be allowed to exist. That is the Middle East problem. I'm Dennis Prager. That was... Uh... It was not lightning in any way either. What else I can find here? Tom Cotton thinks the GOP should impeach Merrick Garland. Reportedly considering sending migrants from the southern border to cities deeper inside the United States, but the agency wow. no decision has been made yet. This as a massive migrant caravan in Mexico heads for the southern border. Arkansas Republican Senator Tom Cotton, he joins us now. Here's the uh, spokesperson telling. Ah, uh, fuck you, Tom Cotton. Decision has been made, and should one be made, DHS will continue to closely coordinate with and support cities and NGOs to facilitate the movement of any individual encountered at the southwest border who is placed into removal proceedings pending the next steps in their immigration proceedings. Do you buy that? I, I he was not my pick to be attorney general for sure. I thought Doug Jones should have been the attorney general. There's no space left at many of these facilities at the border precisely because there's such overwhelming numbers. That's why they're talking about relocating migrants to the other parts of our country away from the border. I agree that these migrants should be relocated. They should be relocated back to their home countries because they have no right to enter America. Because you're a fascist. I think we have no right to high levels of restrict the movement of a free people. The only acceptable level of illegal immigration is zero. Um, so far, you're not going to get your way. In, in April, Title 42 is still in place, right? You come here, the pandemic law says you're returned uh, back to your home country. In the month of April, there are 234,000 encounters by uh, Border Patrol. And you had 50% of those returned 
by way of Title 42. The point being, they're not enforcing the laws that are there. Yeah, I love, I love the fact that they have yeah, been yeah, all for the, the lifting COVID Title restrictions. Good one, because although except Title 42, which was a COVID restriction, they love that. Administration by a court. The simple fact that Joe Biden's administration announced that they were no longer going to apply that public health exclusion order sent a strong signal across the world that now was the time to come. If you had been turned back previously because of the coronavirus or you'd heard that that was the case, now you could get here. So it, it didn't matter all that much that a court enjoined the Biden administration from ending that public health exclusion I'd like to order. use Tom Cotton's head as a bong. Just He's like got that long-ass neck. Long signals since his campaign. I want to switch gears to this. Uh, Does that violate terms of service? By the suspect who was arrested outside of Brett Kavanaugh's home. Of course, he's a Supreme Court justice. Um, after that arrest, there was protest. The dude, the, the dude that was arrested outside of Brett Kavanaugh's home is a, a Supreme Court justice? That was news to me. As I understand it, there is a federal law that says you cannot... I think you should impeach him and get him off the fucking bench if he's a Supreme Court justice. Probably shouldn't be doing that shit. Just after they had arrested a guy who had all these weapons, they had the protesters out there, but no one's arrested. So... What is going on with that? Like, why not? Well, they're just protesters. Why would you arrest them? The they're just exercising their First Amendment well, rights. Yeah, the there are fucking armed guards around the house. War against the Supreme Court and really against our Constitution in America. Chuck Schumer, a couple years ago, went to the Supreme Court steps and by name. For those of you who do not know, the Supreme Court has ruled that it is 100% legal to protest outside of someone's house. The Supreme Court has actually ruled that. Now, once again, that was fucking 30 years ago. Uh, and this Supreme Court does not seem to honor precedent. But that is a ruling that the Supreme Court has held. Ironically, in a, in a case where it was protesters at an abortion doctor's house. Attacked Brett Kavanaugh and said he would pay the price. He wouldn't know what hit him. And yesterday, a Democratic hitman showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's house to try to murder him. And presume- a Democratic hitman! That very same night, just hours after a Democratic hitman tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh, you had left... Wow! On the internet, in public, in advance, that they were going to go violate federal law by protesting right. in front of a justice's home. As you say, there's an explicit federal law against protesting in front of the homes of judges, or jurors. Yet again, the feckless and hapless Attorney General Merrick Garland did nothing. Even though he had advanced knowledge, he should resign in disgrace. And if he won't resign in disgrace, then we should start impeachment proceedings against him in January when we are in control of the Congress. Because I want to use Tom Cotton's head as a bone. Evenly, irrespective of one's political parties and views. Um, Senator, thank you for your time. Tom Cotton, whether it's the border or Washington, D.C. Senator, thank you, fuck you, bye. I pulled a Jimmy Cornette on you. Mass shootings are a failure of the ruling class. He he doesn't realize he's the ruling class, does he? Like it like that would that would not be an enlightening video. Alright, I got one for you. I got one for you. I don't know if there's video to go with it. Let's talk about this. This is gonna be fun. The CMA, the Country Music Awards, has banned the use of Confederate flags and imagery. 
at their 2022 festival. Attendees at the upcoming CMA Fest running June 9th through 12th in Nashville will no longer be allowed to bring Confederate flags or imagery onto the festival grounds. The four-day event held at the Nissan Stadium added Confederate flag imagery of any kind to its list of prohibited items, according to the festival's website. Fans displaying any Confederate symbols or other items deemed disruptive, dangerous, or offensive will be denied entry into the festival. What's the, what's the fucking lineup for this thing? Jason Aldean. And then I don't even fucking know any of the rest of them. Fucking Luke Bryan, Luke Combs, Dirks Bentley, uh, Keith Urban, Carrie Underwood. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not attending the CMA Fest. Cole Swindle, which sounds like a fantastic name for a country artist. <laughs> Kane Brown, Gabby Barrett, Kelsey Ballerini, Kelsey Ballerini. I think she was a. Uh, I think she was like a musical guest on uh, SNL one night, wasn't she? Oh, I I could name some Alan Jackson songs. I might actually, I, like, I could sing along to some Alan Jackson songs. Darius Rucker! Oh shit, Alan Jackson is there. I didn't even see him. I thought you were just throwing Alan Jackson out there. I'm not going to CMA Fest to see Alan Jackson. But I wouldn't mind seeing Alan Jackson. I'm just saying. What's up, Big Lou? We're just, we're being wild right now. They aren't allowing uh, Confederate imagery at the CMA Fest. Oh, I got the hiccups out of nowhere. Uh, I guess, I guess that's probably my, my cue to drop you guys into like, is Echoplex on? Is it time for the, is it time for the, Maybe it's not. Maybe it's 11 o'clock my time they come on. I never can fucking remember. I thought I was going to keep you guys company until Echoplex came on, but apparently not. You know where, you know where I'm going to, you know where I'm going to. Here's a smoky. Look at this shit. If you're watching on Twitch, hey buddy. Oh, you can't see him because it's so dark. If you're watching on Twitch, you're gonna head over to Go versus Fish. Go versus Fish. Go versus Fish. Be sure, be sure to tell him if you if you vote goat or if you vote fish. Oh. I already gave you guys the animal video. I meant to play the animal video again, but uh, like, I'm tired. I'm tired. Good night, everybody. Friday Night Freak Show, tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. 
I will have my lovely co-host, Sparkles Lavendar. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun if you hit the sack. I, I fucked it up. Hey, Smokey. <laughs>